Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Giant Bombcast for Tuesday, October 27th, 2015. We are fresh in from Paris. That's right. Mm-hmm. Boy, are our arms tired. I got all these baguettes. Because we f- flapped our way back. Sony's in Paris, and they're going gorillas. We, we turned into eagles, and we soared oh. down and picked up some snakes. Okay. And then we flew our way back here. Mm-hmm. Rory's sitting on a bear. From Paris. Yeah, Rory, Matt Rory rode his way here on a bear. It was a long swim. That bear, bears can swim well. They can. Uh, Sharks can roll. According to the footage that we saw earlier today. Mm-hmm. At the Sony Paris Games Week press conference. Yeah. We happened. watched that thing. Yes, we did. They Stuff's li- happening. They live-streamed it. It is a, it's, it's action-packed. It was two hours and- long. Something like, like that. Sony yeah. Sony yeah. just did a, a nearly two hour long press conference with a bunch of stuff in it. But on top of that, there's a bunch of video games coming out. Yeah, it is a packed. It is certainly the end of October. Yes. No shortage of stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the video games of the day or you want to talk about the Sony stuff? I don't know. I will put it to the crowd I, here. I'm kind of, you know, I don't know. We watch the Sony stuff. And yeah. That stuff's up on the site. But That's true. also... I've talked a lot about Halo 5, so yeah, I can, uh, kind of, uh, now you can talk about all of it. Though. Yes, I can talk about all of Halo we 5. We can talk about the totality of the Halo 5 Guardians experience. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right, there you yes. go. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. It is pretty good. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Um, you had it on your system before yesterday, though, correct? You didn't have to go through that. I've heard a lot of like long download times. and. Oh, really? No. I mean, it was a huge download time. It's a large game. Too. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, what, a 55, 60 gig game? I and think then, so. Plus, I think I had a huge update, too. It well, took so a long time. We, when we first got access to it, the online was not in there yet. Ah. So that was oh, another yeah. nine gigs. Of uh, of patch, and I think that everyone who even gets a disc, I think they'll have to download that, that nine gigs. Yes. So I think that's a uh, that's like a the day one patch equivalent there. A lot of people are saying um, that the Xbox will try to download the patch data before it installs from disc, so the disc is just sitting there waiting to install while yeah, a patch is potentially I, downloading very slowly, and then that makes it look like it's going to take like five hours. Yes, to install. I think uh, I have run in. Well, I've run into situations where it wouldn't take a patch because it wasn't installed from the disc, or wouldn't install from the disc the rest of the way because the patch was. That stuff has been over the varieties of firmwares and dashboards and all the other stuff in the Xbox One lifespan. Yes, uh, that stuff has been rough from time to time, up and down. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, but I didn't have it. I don't know. It, it didn't actually take that long to download for me. Uh, I downloaded Man. it here and I downloaded it at home and, and both places. It actually was, was pretty speedy. Same here, but it was like six or seven hours both places. Huh. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Get better internet. Yeah. It's pretty good. CBS. I, yeah. I got good internet at home. Like Steam stuff downloads like no problem at all. Yeah. And then this Yeah, one, I mean, it's certainly like no surprise that like sometimes the conf- console infrastructure is suck shit yeah. at downloading files. Like it's that stuff's been all over the place. Yeah. You get some people that always write in and go, I don't know what you're talking about. It's fine. Why do you hate this company? Like, <laughs> fuck you. Because, what the fuck are you talking about? experience is different from yours. Oh, Jesus. People, <laughs> yes. come on. Uh, um, it's a, yes, it is. I found it to be a, a quite a solid Halo campaign. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I, I think it's something I, I, have, I have problems with uh, the way the story bits are distributed in terms of like what the interesting parts of that story are. Yeah. Uh, they all lean towards... Uh, you know, it's it's got a split p- protagonist format like Halo 2, and <clears throat> the difference is that one half of those story characters have not a lot going on. Well, they factor hugely into the late parts of that game, yeah. make no mistake, but... They have stuff going on, but it's not really crucial to the core right. of what Halo 5 is. And it's it's funny, because, like, that's, you know, the the crux of how they've been positioning the game in, in pre-release marketing and stuff like that is very much like, this team versus this team, and that has, like, such nothing to do with the story of this yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, you know, it pops up a couple times, but fairly... A, a couple fairly, times in the first yeah, few hours, and then that's that. It's fairly front loaded with that stuff. Yeah, that stuff is is kind of silly. Are you hashtag Team Lock or hashtag Team Chief? Fucking yeah, that, like that is the <laughs> dumbest. Yeah. Like the idea that they would hang their hook on that from a marketing perspective, I think is really yeah bad. But also, but also, like I don't know, like no knowing the entire story of that game, like I don't know what else you would necessarily. That's the thing. There there are two things you could describe about the story in that game. One of them is Spartans chasing Spartans, and then the other one is like I can't say it because it's like the thing that happens at the end of the game. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's sort of, yeah, I, th- I think this this game goes some interesting places uh, with uh, the characters that matter kind in of. the Halo universe. I feel like they rub up against some interesting stuff with this. Well, at yes, the same time, okay, fine. They set the stage for Halo 6 to have some potentially uh, crazy ramifications, yeah. some real wild shit going on in Halo 6. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of... Uh, yeah, there are disappointing things with the narrative of that game, but even even still, even thinking that like the team lock side of things had kind of nothing to do uh, for a large part of that game, it was still enjoyable to play. Yeah, uh, I still think it's a really nice looking game and and fun to just get in there and shoot shit. I I think even if you're not invested in the lore at all, it's still super fun. Like, and like I'm no- invested in the lore to like a medium degree because I'm never going to read any of the books. Right, like, I want right. the game stories to be good and they seem bent on like, well, we here, download this anime. Like, fucking yeah. no. It is, well, I, I will say it is a dramatic step up from Halo 4 because it is, it's it's coherent and straightforward and tells a, <laughs> yes, it, uh, an, yes, a story a, that's easy to follow and a makes through sense. line. Uh, it goes places. Um, uh, but then, you know, for me, I remember when Master Chief Collection was coming out. Uh, or before when it, when they first announced it, I had some time to sit in a room uh, full of uh, you know some three four three people were there talking about it. So this is where I saw a mouse prompt on it that yes, then right. led me to, to to relay that, and people started thinking it was coming out on PC because at some point, obviously, they I don't know what that was. They they said it was they, oh leftover yeah. from the PC version from of the that. game that they ported over and blah yeah. blah blah. Like all right. Um, but at the time, I remember asking, like, so are you going to take this opportunity to fix the fucking end of Halo 2? <laughs> and uh, Frank O'Connor, his response was like, we have the solution to that. It's Halo 3 is right on the disc. <laughs> 
and that's not a bad answer. And it is, it is, it's the right answer because yeah. today the ending of Halo 2 is softened because you can just go play Halo 3 yep. immediately. Right. At the time, it was fucking bullshit oh, dude. because you knew that you were going to have to wait like three years to see where this thing went. Uh, the, the outrage over the end of Halo 2 is burned deeply into my memory. Like, it was intense. People were not pleased. Yeah. Halo 5. Exact same situation. I don't know if I to can a, go all the a, way there with le- you. Less of a degree. Yes. Okay. To yes. less of a degree. I don't think it's as severe, but it is the middle chapter in a trilogy. Yeah. yeah. And as such, now you're waiting three years to finish the fight again, again. <laughs> and th- I, th- I think that that's that's my biggest, like the the story's biggest downfall. I do. I it's love not that the- Locke has nothing to do. Yeah. It's that they should have given him something to do and resolve in a meaningful way yeah. so that you felt like something real got accomplished over the course of Halo 5 well, instead of just getting to the end and going like, well, guess I'll play Halo 6. In the sense that the world has changed and like the state of the conditions for various characters are very different at the end of the game, absolutely. Like, that absolutely happens. Yes, you're, you're uh, 100% right. In the but, sense that everybody is like, everything's hunky-dory and there's no more strife? No. No, absolutely not, but, and, and you wouldn't expect that. But, but it does. It does feel like I, I don't. There's use, no small victory. You're, yeah, in, you're in right. Halo Five. You're right. You're to right. go like, yeah, we did this thing and stop yes. this thing. It's, yes. Instead, it's just like, oh, well, I guess we learned jack fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of. Uh, like, like things are arguably more fucked at the end than they were at the beginning. Yes, definitely. Uh, but yeah. I, in this case, it doesn't feel as much like you're left holding the ball as you were at the end of Halo Two. Or, or the bomb, as it were. You're right. At the end of Halo uh, 2, there, there was like, I, I, like, so I, yeah. The end I, of Halo 2 is literally like, all I right. dropped the controller and said, man, I just fucking wasted so much time <laughs> playing this bullshit game. <laughs> the end of Halo 2 is very much like, let's go do the thing that will wrap up this story, and then you just don't. Like, yeah. it stops right before that. Whereas the, uh, the end of Halo 5 feels more like the end of, like, Empire Strikes Back to me, of like, Nothing is settled. There's still a lot of stuff that needs to happen, but yeah. it, like, th- I'm curious to see what the post credits legendary ending thing is. I assume there is. Oh one. yeah, I guess there, there, all, there always is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have not seen that, mm. so maybe that will, maybe that will add five more seconds of things to get angry about or or feel satisfied yeah. about. I don't know. They they do really um, shake things up for the Halo universe, though. They do. Yeah, dramatically. Yeah. Uh, and I think by the time they're done, this will have been an interesting little arc. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not. I'm not wholly dissatisfied with the way that game wraps up. But then, me, but then again, I heard from I heard from you and other people not to expect a ton of closure. So maybe that yeah helps prepare me. I don't know. I I think you know that's a game that plays well enough that it gets past a lot of its shortcomings. Yeah. Uh, because I, I I came away from that campaign going like, eh, you know, like the last five minutes of this real were a real bummer, but. Uh, I still enjoyed my time with this thing. I actually, I, I hope this, I don't, this is really not a spoiler at all. It's just mission design stuff. But <clears throat> the last mission in the game, I felt like was a really interesting kind of design shift. Yeah. That I wish I had seen more of in the game because it's, you know, 99% of that game is just linear corridor and like somewhat open spaces with some alternating paths, but still very much like run toward the objective indicator and kill everything on the way. Right. And then that last mission is a much more open thing with a bunch of objectives scattered around. It's it's and, open and you, but still smaller than when you know that's, that's not something Halo, Halo has certainly done in the yeah, past, yeah, right? It's, it's like here's huge. a wide open area to drive around. You yeah, know? actually, yeah, it was evocative and, of some of those older Halo missions. Yeah, yeah and, and there's not as much of that in Halo Five. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's it feels like even the vehicle sequences feel a little bit tighter and right. and a little bit 
kind of more linear. Yeah, a little bit more linear. Yeah, that, that last mission feels a little bit more like a proper kind of combat sandbox where you can just get yeah. in there and kind of mix it up. However, I think you want. they get there right out of the gate with some of that stuff, though. You yeah, know, you're you're flanking around the Prometheans. Yeah, that's you're, true. You're doing stuff like you know there, there are things happening. Uh, I think that they they smooth out the Halo experience in a way that feels like Halo, but still. Just feels tighter, snappier, and also that frame rate really goes a long way. Yeah, really goes a long way. The new mechanics, I think, were great too, like the the thrust thing and the clamber, yeah. And yeah. Uh, the, the ground pound, the Spartan charge, all that stuff. Mobility stuff is fantastic in yeah. the campaign. It feels it's great. Very I useful. wish that the 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 charge, like just the the standard boost, was longer. Yeah, it feels like it doesn't quite go far enough for you yep. to get out of the way of some things, or to like you know strafe around a corner, shoot a guy, and then there's enough of a recharge on it that you have to wait before you can strafe back. I think it helps a lot um, if uh, you're trying to avoid a grenade like multiplayer yeah, or if you're like the flag carrier and you're just trying to get behind a wall and out yeah. of someone's line of sight. I feel like I jump and boost a lot. Yeah, I do that I too. Did, I did that yeah. too. That game. You're, you're right. It's good for dodging weapons that aren't just hit scan like instant hit weapons. Yeah. Like if anything that's got to travel you can kind of get out of the way of. Yeah. Yep. Um, How are there more uh, Spartans now. I think there weren't any more Spartans. They're Spartan than fours. They're chief. Yeah, right. they've 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 been continuing the Spartan program, and they're they're at a point where they don't have to be child soldiers, uh, engineers. They don't have to okay. they don't have to abduct children out of their beds and like train one, them. One of the new Spartans them. is a guy who was an ODST in in ODST. Hmm. And then actually, I didn't realize. I guess uh, Locke, the player character from the other team that's not Master Chief, yeah, uh, is in that remake of Halo Two. Okay, he's in those new cutscenes that they the CG huh. cutscenes that they did for that. <laughs> so they like retconned a special in? edition. Apparently, yeah. yes, yeah. it's from the Master Chief Collection. It's from the stuff last year. Hmm. Um, but anyway, point is, yeah, like the I guess regular soldiers can just become some new breed of Spartan now. Hmm. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. which is very convenient. Yeah, when you need more Spartans in your game, and the previous story eradicated all the Spartans. It did, well, except for the people that are on Master Chief's yeah, side, because yeah. they are they are like him. I, uh, that's, I that for, is something from the books. That is something from the books that apparently okay. he went and found other Spartan okay. twos at some point. I was going to say, I thought that... And that's not really addressed very well in the game. I, I, I always thought Master Chief was a straight-up Luke Skywalker like Last of the Jedi that type was, figure. That was how it was. Yeah. And then at some point they said, oh wait, he found three more. Right. So, well, so he found Fred and Linda. Fred, like, Fred, Fred yeah. Linda, and Kelly just and kicking Kelly. it. That's, I can never remember Kelly's they, they went and hung out on Reach. They missed it. Yeah. So, what? Uh, someone who has never understood the Halo lore, what happened to all the Spartans? Like, I know Reach got glassed before one. Yes. And that did a bunch of That killed a bunch of people. But, I, like, I, what wiped out the Spartans? I think of, like, they, I, th- I want to say they all just, like, died in the course of the war, right? Like, wasn't. I assume so. I don't, isn't, I don't isn't, know. Isn't the arc of the first Halo trilogy just that the war is going very badly for humanity? Yeah. And, like, uh, isn't, isn't Halo 3 kind of like mankind's last stand or yeah, something? Yeah. Is it like the Jedi getting killed off? or Not, not I don't think in the sense that, like, the Covenant were like, ah, we got to go fuck up the Spartans, man. Right. Like, fuck them so much as the they war just, is you know the war is going so poorly that the spartans well, the spartans never die right they're just forever missing in action right <laughs> sure yeah uh I, I i don't know i think that's the case but um anyway it, it's you know it's a it's a good game yeah uh yeah. there's some really cool stuff in there there's, there's, along the way sure and and i i enjoy the arena multiplayer the war zone mode i think is ambitious but the card system i think weighs it down unnecessarily yeah i could see so i played my first match of Warzone this morning and i really like it like conceptually I, I, even it though it we got, like you would because i feel yeah. like that game is taking some learnings from the moba a little bit so, you know, i mean the, just in the sense that there are like ai objectives you can go after right to help your and, team and out. you're kind of like you you're growing in power over the course yes. of a match yes. there's, there's an arc to the abilities you gain in the match uh engaging with the ai enemies feeds into that stuff you yeah. know there's and, some objective and like territory control stuff and building towards destroying like one final thing that'll end yeah. the match immediately right sure right yeah, yeah. yeah. um 
we got fucking worked in the match that I played. Mm. Granted, there were like there was a 13 year old constantly complaining in the voice chat about how he didn't understand what he was supposed to be doing. <laughs> so that might have had something to do with it. But like it did seem like like I, I will say that I never saw a single person on my team in a vehicle. It was there were a ton of vehicles coming out on the other side. <laughs> yeah, hmm. like there was there was a scorpion. There was, mm-hmm. I think, a wraith, like multiple ghosts. Like it was clear that they were deploying cards. Yeah. At, at one uh, point, I got in a scorpion with another guy on my team and you can just completely run over the other team if you're like that and they're not using their right. cards. Yeah, I, I, I grabbed a scorpion and was trying to destroy one of the big AI guys and then another enemy dude ran up and blew up my tank oh, okay. when I wasn't paying attention to that's a bummer. what was going on behind me, yeah. which you can't really do while you're in a tank. And then that card yeah. Card is just gone. Yeah, that was the only one of those I had. Yeah, you may never get no to more drive. tanks. You may never get to drive no a more tank tanks, again. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that aspect of it. I kind of already don't want to play more Warzone unless I'm with some people I know. Yeah, yeah, who I can actually communicate with and be like, "Hey, let's go take the West Base now." Right, and actually get some people to go in mass and do it because mm-hmm. just running in there by yourself over and over and dying is not fun. It's not super fun. Right? Yeah. It's not productive. Right. It's, it's super detrimental to winning that mode. Mm-hmm. I, I do like, you know, if it's obvious that they have just kind of stranglehold on the points, there are other options like, okay, well, I'm going to go after this hunter and try to get 75 yeah. or 150 yeah. victory points. 150 yeah. seems fucking crazy. Yeah. Like late game, like killing Early all those legendary guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the in the match I was in, the other team took 250 point AIs like in the first five to seven minutes of the match. Yeah. And we were just hopelessly behind from then on mm-hmm. and never caught back up. Um. Yeah, it's, I, uh, I guess I guess you just have to have a good team that can coordinate, right? And and those yeah, those can contribute to huge late game swings of yeah. like you know, hey, we're ahead by hundred points. Oh shit, we're down down by fifty, and they have nine fifty, and oh, yeah. oh wait, we lost. Oh, actually, now uh, that you mention it, like that is probably the biggest parallel to a MOBA right there is like a if your team doesn't coordinate, you are fucked. B like it can swing massively at yeah. the end of the game and, and come back. Uh, Everyone it's, it's, is Roshan. Okay. In this game. Okay. All right. Yeah. Every AI, legendary AI, is yeah. just another Roshan. Given those point values, that's not yeah. too far um, off the mark. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. But I, the the card stuff, I think that, you know, like I the the general flow of like, hey, you can't call out the big stuff till the end. I think that's smart. I think that makes for an interesting match flow. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that a Warzone match can go places. And those swings make it really exciting. Sure. But then that additional layer of like, should I use my cards? Should I hold back on my cards? I only want to use my cards if it's going to really contribute to a victory. I'm not going to use my cards if I feel like we're hopelessly losing, but I'm also not going to quit because they have matchmaking penalties for quitters. You know, like there's thinking about all that out of game stuff while you're trying to manage this in game stuff is like a layer of meta or whatever that totally doesn't belong. Yeah. Uh, and And then stacking on top of that that you could then pay money to get more good cards but not even like necessarily the cards you want exactly like yeah. you get a lot of them mm-hmm. if you pay the like what is it three dollars is the most expensive yeah, $2.99 for a pack of gold cards you'll get a lot of good cards out of that but they might not be the weapons and vehicles you want it seems like rec points come pretty quick though well you can buy one of those gold packs you know totally but like handful. if you if you want a, a, a banshee which I the most still the most fun I've had in yeah. warzone mode has been I got a banshee and flew yeah. over someone's base and I, I took out 150 point uh, Phaeton, and then went over a, a base and shot a bunch of guys, and I was like, "This is fucking rad." Yeah. And then it got blown up, and I'm like, "Whatever, man, it was cool. Like, I had a, I had a good time doing that thing. That made this mode feel cooler." Like, not only and I've you... not seen another one of those cards yeah. since. I've opened a lot of gold packs. I've even opened like two of the like premium, like whatever. If you, if you you know the the review codes they sent us were for the limited edition one, and that comes with some additional card packs. Uh-oh. Those unlocked 
when the game officially went on sale, I opened those and I don't think there were any in there either. Huh. So it's like, here's this thing that I recognize as like, this is the most fun I've had in this mode. And there's literally no way for me to, to guarantee that I'll have that experience again because I just have to open packs and hope I get one of those cards. Yeah, it's not like if you perform well enough in one round. Or right. Like, hey, I, I, I earned can't, this I thing. Earn it's not like a kill streak in Call of Duty. Duty. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's that's my biggest problem with that mode is is that the the randomness of the cards and how that kind of determines what you'll be able to deploy and, and all that stuff. I think it's just it, at some point that's like a lame thing to consider while you're in the middle of this like kind of epic struggle. It is. Yeah. It is, it is a huge scale. What is it? Uh, 12 on 12. 30, oh, is that, okay, 24 people. Yeah. It's like when you uh, you use when you're like super rare cards or whatever for a vehicle. I think we were doing the quick look. And it's like, oh, you got a war dog. Yeah, it's like random vehicle. Yeah. And it's a war dog with a different gun on the back. So that's cool. Yeah, but like yeah. in a game where I'm not playing with friends where I can say like, hey, get on this thing. I'm just driving around honking, hoping to find another teammate. <laughs> Until like someone, someone get in the back. You. Yeah. And then, and then. You know, I actually I ended up you go, go watch the quick look. I oh, ended yeah. up taking a couple of guys out. Yeah, those was actually a pretty good moment. Uh, but. <laughs> but yeah, but there are there are great moments that emerge out of Warzone where it's like if you do have a warthog and some people that you're with, like driving around that map, going like, "Hey, there's a guy over here worth 75 points on a fucking ghost. We're in this warthog with a big ass gun. Let's go fuck that guy up." Like you are just rolling across that map. Yeah, and that's a it's a badass moment, but. It's one moment yeah. surrounded by like a bunch of stuff where you're like, I right, well, I have the SMG now. I think I'll be all right with that. Or if we get to level eight, I can use my different SMG. Like that stuff. It's not. I don't think that's fun at all. If you don't have any cards on hand that are worth deploying, or you're saving them because your team is tanking or whatever, right? Like just respawning with the assault rifle and pistol over and over is just like a meat grinder, you know. Like, you just keep running up into the base you're trying to take from the enemy and just getting shot Sort down. of, yeah. Are there no weapon pickups this time around? Like not in that mode. If enemies drop them, well, you can yeah. pick them up. You yeah. know, so if you can jack a ghost and then get a ghost without deploying a card, but you have to find a guy and take it from him. Um, and that's satisfying in its own sure. way. But, you know, it's, it's sort of a different thing. You're right. There is kind uh, of a lack of consistency there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I've I've had some some great moments in Warzone, and I've had some matches where I've just been like, ah, you know, we're winning, but I'm not having any fun doing this. Uh, During Dell Tech Fest, score game changing innovations with limited time deals on select next gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor, featuring awe inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three dimensional audio, Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, you know, I'd be more more likely to stick to Arena. Hmm. 
which is it's been nice uh, playing more of that game now that it's out for real because it just reminds you that the people who play a lot of Halo are savage. Yes, uh, in a way that people were that were playing Halo prior to release, reviewers and streamers and such are certainly not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like playing SWAT because uh, I, I had a great time playing SWAT. Uh, prior to release and i'm still really enjoying it but uh you just walk around a corner and get shot in the head yeah. like people are so fucking tight with their <laughs> yep. headshots yep. uh within yep. that game that it is just over the minute you expose yourself at all and that's it's cool to see you know uh that that people are just that fucking raw at that game <laughs> yeah but, I, I also played my first slayer match this morning and probably at least five minutes before i got a kill <laughs> like it's it's yeah is there any skill based ranking like uh, yeah, no, I'm yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. After yeah. You, you have to play ten games in a playlist before you get ranked for that playlist. Ah, okay. Uh, and you know, Xbox they have all their matchmaking stuff they've built up over the years. I'm sure that's that's rolled in there at some level. Um, yeah, it's so yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think Warzone is conceptually really cool, but it has some issues with it. I think the arena mode is is really nice, but you know that game is missing some of the modes that you expect, some of the weirder modes you yeah. you've come to expect from Halo. Um, and then the, the campaign is a lot of fun, but the story could be a little tighter, you know? So it, it's one of those things where I came away from the whole package going like, man, I, I really had a good time with this, but you know, you could shoot holes in every single facet of that game, uh, without really trying because it does have, uh, some issues, but I will say like, again, like the, the visuals and frame rate really do go along. Yeah. With it. There's, there's, like, a it definite, helps, it helps make it just feel great. Yeah, totally. There's a definite quality to the production that really stands out. Yeah. Uh, did, did you finish the campaign, Dan? Uh, I've got a few missions left. Okay. Yeah. Played a bunch of multiplayer last night. If you're if you're a few missions from the end, that's when the I, I feel like that's when the lock and friends grind really starts. From a like, story perspective or yeah, gameplay? Yeah. Okay. Just just from a well, just from a standpoint of who they're letting you play. That as. game gets up to a point, like one point after at the end of a mission, where it's like, okay, now let's go do the thing that is obviously the crux of this story. Yeah. Like it's it's, and a, then it's like a all right, let's go see what Locke's doing yeah. for like another hour or so. And you're I, like, wait a minute, I might be right at that. It's end actually I, it, there's a stretch. Like you get to that point, yeah. Master Chief gets to a point where you're really excited to see the next thing that's going to happen with Master Chief, and then you go play like five missions in a row <laughs> okay. with Locke. I think the last thing I did was that thing with Master yeah. Chief. Oh, yeah. it, yes. Even as someone who doesn't care about the lore, it's like, oh, this seems important. You go, <laughs> you then go embark on an entire subplot that has nothing to do with what yeah. Master Chief was doing. And the whole time you're doing it, like it's it's supposed to be this like you know fan favorite kind of like, oh, look at this cool thing that's yeah. happening yeah. over here. And, and in, a, in, a, in a bubble, that stuff would be cool. Yeah, but instead, the whole time I'm just thinking like, I need to get through this fucking bullshit so I can get back to what matters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's exactly it, it. It, 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 it. There's some pacing issues yeah. in in, yeah. this, in the campaign. And, and to be fair, sure. those late game. Lock missions are maybe the best looking, yeah, and kind of like the biggest spectacle maybe in, in the entire yeah, game. Totally, yeah. Uh, like uh, the on their flight, own. This, this, yeah, it's, it, there are big moments that happen there that you yeah. just kind of gloss over because you because none of it matters. Right. Because the the actual the, the thing the story is actually hanging on is taking place totally somewhere else. And I'll give it to him, man. Like you know, for as much as like Halo Four was kind of a mess, and as much as like the Halo lore has been spread so thin across yeah. these books, and, and also has been like. Uh, sort of shepherded by multiple authors yeah. at this point you know like it changed hands from bungie to 343 you know but but say what you will like you know there are things in that franchise that i definitely care about and want to see yeah uh from a story from a lower perspective they're they they have crafted an interesting universe that i want to know more about and they're telling a story that i want to see the end of yeah uh and that's you know 
a lot of games can't even muster that. Oh, sure, sure. That's so, definitely to their credit. Are there I'll, any, I'll give them that. Are there any gameplay differences between Locke and... Because no, I mean, the, no. the Arbiter had no, you know, the invisibility. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no really, there's nothing... They play exactly the same. Yeah, that's too bad. Okay. Your visor outline yeah, might visor, be a little different. slightly yeah. different. And uh, it's... I, I, you know, Rory, you, you probably play more PC games than, well, you mm-hmm. definitely play more PC games than I do, but it's, it's, this is the first time I've ever had a console shooter where I've been like, man, the FOV on this thing is fucked. Uh, it was just, it, and I was, I sit where I normally sit at home, uh-huh. which is too close to my TV. Like too, too small or too big? Uh, it's too small. Like okay. it feels like I'm looking through a tube or something. Yeah. Like it's a very yeah. narrow, field of view very much you know it felt like claustrophobic in a way like enemies that are standing right next to you you're like wait where'd that guy go (laughs) oh he's right here oh i have to look down oh wait uh Uh, some of that stuff was a little frustrating it was always i've always been like 110 fov person on pc like i always like a big uh and a lot of times playing console stuff does feel kind of like you say claustrophobic is there any option to adjust i doubt it no 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 yeah the ui gets really fucked up when you try to adjust fov and you get things are like People's hands don't show up appropriately, or they're cut off right. at the bottom. Their, their yeah, hand, yeah. their hand looks like a hundred miles long, yeah. sticking out of the bottom. So that of the stuff is always difficult. I'm sure it's been focus tested to, to hell and back, but uh, I'm curious what that FOV is. And it's probably like seventy or sixty or yeah, something. Yeah, like that. I don't know. It's it's the it's the only time I've come away from a any shooter going like, man, that that FOV is tight. Like it's it's never bothered me before. Sure. Even even the the ones that I see people complaining up and down about it's been like ah whatever it's fine this yeah. is the first one i've been like oh hmm. a lot of the pc ports of console shooters will have that issue yeah but uh most of the time you can uh, either hack adjust it. it or you can hack around right. and do some like cfg hey setting. this unreal engine game we can change the fov on this thing all day long yeah uh, if you don't have fov settings on your pc port people will let you know about it yeah. they will uh they will definitely not have a good time with it it hasn't be- it hasn't been such a big deal for me in the last few years uh, for the most part the defaults are usually fine even on pc but uh, then again, i'm playing most pc games out to my tv anyway so it's right probably the same, yeah, same yeah. issue um, but no i haven't seen much of uh halo 5 to yeah to and fov has always been just like a math problem involving the size of your screen that's my and how, from yeah, it that's yeah, my and understanding sort of stuff so you know it's it's one of those things where it's like for most shooters like i so i i sit very close to my large sure. fucking tv uh because i like video games i like to be close to them <laughs> uh <laughs> And yeah, so this was a case where when I got closer to where I would sit for mm. watching actual television or something like that, headshots were a little harder to line up, but at least like the the game felt a little bit more right. The eye feel was better. The eye feel was better. Go back and watch some uh, quick three like high end uh, uh, like DM death matches stuff. Stuff. Like all the models turned off, just diamonds like shooting each other. Fifty FOV. It's like uh, yes. looking through a it's telescope. Like, bo- it's, in yes, it's some crazy like House of Mirrors kind of fisheye lens. That. I, yeah. I think that's filthy. Yeah. I mean, the more FOV it's, you have, the more literally the more yeah, stuff more you see around you. So yeah. it's, it's good, but it's uh, it's also like some of that stuff. I forgot my glasses today, and it's like hurting my brain just to even think about watching some of that stuff. So, I yes, I I am. I guess I will be excited to see Halo 6 in three years or whatever. Yeah. Once once all this is concluded. But uh, I have to wonder how much pressure is on that studio to just start cranking them out. Yeah. Like, I, th- I mean, I think it's one of those things where, like, they they know how long it takes to make a Halo game because sure. they've made a lot of them, you know. And Well, don't forget that they originally announced this game to be out at the end of 2014, though. <laughs> That's, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. But, but roughly. Maybe maybe they'll shoot for two years after this. They they've should. Got, they've got their tech up on, they on the Xbox the One. Fight. They should. <laughs> there is an objective in that game. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Never mind. I'll just. Well, especially with the Xbox One, not I don't want to say underperforming or whatever, but being a little bit behind the PS4, you have to wonder if Microsoft is 
Come on, guys, you know, or you could help us all out over here. Well, doing... this is a good showpiece for the platform. Sure. For sure. Yeah, it, Getting it, the first it definitely is. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it also, you know, it seems like it's performing fine sure. uh, out there live in a way that Master Chief Collection didn't. They're kind of different situations mm. from a development perspective, but, you know, the stink of Master Chief Collection is prominent. Yes. And there were definitely a lot of people looking at this going like, I don't think this is going to work. And I was like, ah, you know... Is this is this going to be the number one entertainment launch day of 2015? <laughs> I'm, I can tell that somebody's sitting on that press release. Right uh, now. Just wait till Black Ops uh, comes I, out. I feel yeah. like yeah, I feel like I, the Xbox One's fortunes are such that like they're uh, not like every month when the they change the way they report NPD yes, like yeah. numbers and stuff. Yes, they, they announce that they're not uh, they're not uh, they're not they're not going to report consoles sold units sold anymore. Yeah, for hardware, it's it's about engagement now. It's about like engaged users and stuff. Which is, I mean, yeah, they're not wrong, but also, of course, they would do that right. because they're right. never in the position to say we sold the most, yeah, or I, rarely, yeah. Um, so, but know, it also, it is what it is. but it does also align with like, I mean, like the CEO of Microsoft itself is keeps parroting the you know the mobile first, cloud right. cloud yeah, first yeah. stuff. Like as a as a services company, that's kind of where Microsoft is going in general. It uh, seems sensible, yeah, and and also serves the purpose of you know their statements taking the highlight off of. Well, I don't know. I mean, you'll still read that thing every month, whatever they whatever they put out around sales time. You'd still read that and go like, I don't see a number here. Yeah, I guess yes. Sony won again. Yes, you will still you very know, easily like, no, be able to tell. There's no escaping that. I think them. they even they've left themselves an out, right? Like they they did say like, oh, we'll we'll mention hardware numbers when they contribute meaningfully to revenue or something like that. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, I bet you will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh you know, whatever. It's yeah. Uh, guess what? Like the PR machine behind a company is going to try to put their best foot forward at all times. <laughs> like, no, like breaking news. Sure, sure. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's a good game. Halo Five yeah. is good. It's I, good. I, you know, it's, like I've had some people say, like, is, should I buy an Xbox One? Like, I, I don't know that I yeah. would ever say buy a console because of the quality of one game. I think I think Metal Gear Solid Two is the last time I did that, and I just it's hard to imagine doing that these days. Yeah, but like at the same time, like it has most of the third party games and runs them fine. I feel like there's no wrong answer to the new console question at this point. Uh, it just depends on which like games you care more about. Yeah. Yeah. It really comes down to how much you really want to play a new Halo game, I guess. Yeah. Despite the fact that Halo 5 has one of my least favorite boss fights in fucking years. <laughs> I didn't have Would. nearly as much trouble. Well, like, you played even, on normal, I, I, right? I went through, I went back through stuff on Heroic. The whole thing? Not the uh, selected pieces, including okay. the part that you were talking about. And well, yeah, the last time, not only do I not love that boss, but they make you fight it like six times. Brad, if I'm like 10 missions in, have you've, I fought you've it? I've seen it, yeah. You've okay, seen it I just like did a fight. Times. Does it do some melee stuff that kills yep. you pretty quick? Yep. Okay. What difficulty I, are you on? Uh, I usually do heroic. I might be doing it on normal this okay. time, I think. It's uh, a, but it's even it's kind of hard on normal. The difficulty changes in this one are really interesting because you know because you have a squad with you there's, yeah. a, there's a down but not out yeah. like a revival yeah. system in there like normal has never been easier but also heroic and legendary still like are challenging in the way that they're meant to be yeah because so what happens if when you die on normal you know uh the ai just kind of is all very dumb so when another Spartan runs up to revive you, it doesn't necessarily target that guy and say, fuck you. No, he's down. He's staying down. It just stands there next to him and goes, whatever, while <laughs> you, while you get revived. It. Not only that, but they, they pulled the thing from Destiny where when you get revived, both you and the person who revived you get an extra overshield. Right, yeah, you get overshield. So you're, you're actually revivals. stronger when you get yeah. back up. Um, 
So that's a way to like normal large parts of normal you feel in fucking vincible. But you know what? It's super fun. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you were just running around these like big, you know, kind of combat y puzzly sort of things that you expect from Halo, but you're just shoulder charging guys and fucking mowing them down and like it is it is a Halo power fantasy. You feel like a bad motherfucker <laughs> playing that game on normal because you are just crushing things and just wiping your way through the planet to planet. It, it's actually it's a really enjoyable way to play the game. Uh, but heroic and legendary are still that kind of like, okay, let's hang back and actually fucking think about this as we go in uh, the way that, it, you know, traditional Halo usually is. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's it's a, it's a pretty different game yeah. on the two on the different difficulties, which most games don't don't do that. But I you know, a lot of people out there would go like, oh, I, I, fuck that. Halo's the, the heroics, the right way to play yeah. bare minimums. Like give it a shot on normal. Just, yeah, just for like, funsies. Like see the, the, the merit like, there. Just to, just to get a sense of like really just crushing this shit. Yeah. Um, it was fun. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, on, on normal, it, about 80% of the time, the having your squad mates there to pick you up is to your advantage. Yeah. But there are cases like that boss where it turns into a complete fucking farce. Because the boss in particular that I'm talking about has, like, kind of a lunging melee attack that even with your dash is very hard to avoid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It kills you in one hit. Mm -hmm. It swings in an arc that can actually hit multiple (laughs) squad mates and kill them all in one hit. Yeah. So, like, time and again, I would have this problem. Dan Dan is nodding his head over there. Yeah. He knows what I'm talking about. It it made me wish I was playing four-player co-op. Because then it'd be way easier to flank him and get around. The other other thing about the boss that, uh, for whatever reason, there are a bunch of enemies in this game that you can only shoot in the back. Yeah. Like the hunters from old I feel school like Halo. That's, that's straight up like they're you know designing that stuff to be played in co-op. And call it, absolutely, think, and, 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 and that makes sense. You know, like the knights, the Promethean knights are the same way, and then this boss is the same way. Mm-hmm. But on in single player, he tends to target you nonstop. Like yeah. he never uh, really focuses on your AI guys. He's always running at you. If you tell the AI to focus fire, yeah, on that, that guy, was the, the one pull, solution. He would, he would, they'll, he would, they'll pull him occasionally. Just to, occasionally, yeah. he would turn their attention, and that's the only way I could I could beat this guy. But yeah. over and over, he would the run. The focus up. fire mechanic is not great. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like one of the two orders, three orders you can yeah. give to AI. Yeah, uh, and it's sometimes they'll just ignore you, but they'll right. at least say that they're ignoring you. Yeah, but they'll be like, "I'm busy over here." But the thing that happened to me is like I got that like, "Hey, I'm too busy to help you." call out and then turned around and saw like buck just shooting at a fucking wall <laughs> sure and hey man, like, buck right. does what buck wants buck sucks fuck buck <laughs> buck's all right i like buck buck is the rico of the halo oh universe. that is way too harsh all that right. is ridiculous no, he does not he does not have a role as pivotal as rico's but buck's i'm i'm not a fan uh, of buck i mean you know but but time and again i would get downed by this boss the first AI guy that was closest would run toward me to pick me up. And then get taken down as like, well. He would, yeah. completely, he would completely ignore the boss, stand there and try to pick me up. The boss would kill him, and it just turned into an assembly line of yeah. every guy running over, getting killed, until we wiped. You mm-hmm. know, It was just the most frustrating thing to see over and over. Yeah. I hate that boss. <laughs> so I get to see him again? Yes. Great. You're not done. Is, is that the turning point you're talking worse. about where uh, it gets worse. the Master Chief story... Gets to a point where you want to see it keep going, and then it goes to Lockville for like yeah, sort of kind of yeah. okay, yeah, so, yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Okay, um, but yeah, it's it's an enjoyable game. Yes. I think they yes. they made, well they made. made good on Halo. Yeah, uh, you know the things that I'm looking for out of a Halo yes. game. Yes, I like it. I like it a, a good bit more than Halo Four. Yeah, which is you know it's a, a positive arc for that studio. Halo Four is still the one I haven't finished. 
It's not bad. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's, it's, like, a, it's not a, yeah. It's a good I think game. five is better than four. I agree with you. But, you know, at the same time, like, I enjoyed four yeah, at four. its time of release. I don't, like, I don't mean to say it's a bad yeah. game, but. You guys like Reach? I liked Reach a lot. I, yeah, I Reach, really Reach liked Reach. Reach. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Quite a bit. Reach and ODST were the most interesting Halo games to See, me. I, ODST is the only one I haven't finished. Oh, man. I did not like I played uh, several missions of it, didn't like it, but then I loved Reach. I loved I loved the like the the kind of the nighttime city kind of open hub huh. area. I liked the smoky jazz. I liked the flashbacks. Yep. Like it just felt like such a different Halo game. Yeah, it's cool. Huh. Uh, it had a very different vibe to it, uh, for sure. But anyway. That was one that was supposed to be like a tech demo by young Microsoft kids or something. They originally turned... Halo Recon was what? the original name for it. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know anything about kids. I always heard it was some like a, like interns were going to make a like a demo game or something. Maybe I'm totally mistaken. I... Something else. Probably am. Um, I think that's something else. It's, I don't know. One, two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm probably already... Are you thinking of Narbacular Drop? No, no, no. I'm definitely thinking okay. about... Are you thinking about Hover Tank? Uh, no, no. Are you thinking about that other XBLA game they put out that was made by students? Maybe I... I, I forgot I brought it up. <laughs> All right, I will. Let's move on. What else is out? Who's playing what? Video games. I got home on Friday. I was like, Syndicate! Awesome! Oh, yeah? Boy. And it's not out for a month on PC. Oh uh, yeah, oh. I, was, I was surprised to see that. <laughs> better, better that than have a shitty fucking port. Like yeah, this has happened a couple times. That's true. The, yeah, the Assassin's Creed series is a little spotty on the PC. Yeah. Kind of, it's been kind of up and down. I hear really good things. So I was excited. Yeah, about I don't like it. That's oh, too bad. Well, but, but I mean, I, I also don't like I, the I'm, series. I'm kind so. of baffled that you like you came in here saying like I, I, I don't like Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and then you were like I've never liked Assassin's Creed. I, like, I like two. Two. What two, were you expecting? I liked two. They've been making the same game for eight years. Like, I, come on. I thought two was really well done. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I I liked Black Flag, but not enough to finish it. Um, the rest of them, I pretty much varying shades of dislike. Like I hated three. Uh, I stopped Brotherhood like four hours in. Really? Uh, but yeah, because it just, I hate like fucking every, games that like, oh, it takes like eight hours to get fun. And like, I played like four hours of it and like it hadn't even really opened up yet. I don't remember Brotherhood taking, I don't remember that being a slow burn. Uh, uh, three definitely had the longest yeah, fucking three, yeah, yeah, three was like a game where I didn't want to get out of that early part. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, all right, I nope. Yep. That whole game like is every, a good tutorial. Like everything, Dan, everything you're saying, I feel like is consistent with like the fan consensus on that series, except for Brotherhood. Like yeah, yeah, maybe it was just the beginning. Maybe once you get to the part where you can summon dudes in and kill people for you. Yeah, I never got there. I never, I never got oh, that it's part. So good. That stuff's yeah, great. That stuff is so good. Really? It's great because like he just snaps his fingers or whistles, and then dudes just fucking jump off the rooftop and what? just murder somebody. Like, and you can watch them do <laughs> yeah, that, dude. They, yeah. It's not like a combat deployment no. Metal Gear oh, Five. No, it's like you hit the. You, has that, that too. It has that too. Oh, okay. Uh, but you can watch but someone just, jump off a you, roof. There's a button devoted to yo murk that fool. A dude, and dude it's will pop out of a, it's a hay bale. Like there's a big thing of hay, and the dude just pops out. He's been hiding in there for your signal for like days. <laughs> so you're just doing like little like military gestures, <laughs> yep, and guys yes, are just killing exactly. stuff. Like yes, that? like quite literally. Okay, it that makes, actually sounds really cool. It it's makes fucking game awesome. So, okay. It's so good. So, so I, if I had gotten that far, I probably would like. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I had I had no idea that I was going to be interested in another Assassin's Creed game until I saw some people saying. That Syndicate feels like a follow up to Brotherhood. Hmm. That's like, why I, I wanted to give this one a shot because like I didn't even like give a shit about trying Unity last year, especially after hearing that it was yeah, so broken yeah, and everything. I have a key I for that. I started playing it, it and like couldn't the the pointer to get through a building was completely broken and I couldn't figure out where the start of a mission was and this is like the first hour and I was like okay and like then I stopped and then heard the, everything else about it and I was like okay well oh, was this yeah, before right. any of the patches came out yeah okay. Sounds like you know they, they took a while for that that game to become. Uh-huh. Do they have two or three Hale? studios on this now? Like two uh, or three? So so there's a lot of interest. Like th- this game, I feel like Assassin's Creed is actually kind of worth talking about again. There's a bunch of stuff about this that make it somewhat interesting. So yes, they 
for the first time, this is not UB Montreal being ah. the core studio. It was uh, Shanghai. Uh, or no, no, it was it's, it's another Canadian studio, right? I actually want to say it was Montreal, but let me, are you sure? Well, they have so many. Maybe it's have, another team within Montreal, but they have like five hundred. I will say so. Games. So one of the leads on Saints Row the Third is the lead on this game. Huh. Right. So there's that. Um, Big head mode confirmed. The uh, what was the DLC for? Oh, it's Black the, Flag. The, the, um, the team that was Freedom Ravens, Cry. Cr- Freedom Cry. Freedom Cry. I yeah. believe the team that did Freedom Cry had was like heavily involved in this game. Hmm. Anyway, the point is like there were a lot of sort of shakeups on the creative side. Ubisoft Quebec. Yes, huh. that's right. Was the that was the, the core studio for this? So it did it did shift a little bit in development along with a zillion others. Well, yes, of course that that's always going to happen. But well, like uh, the in conjunction with is a, is maybe the longest it's ever been. Oh, I, I don't I don't game. I don't doubt it. But you know, the yeah. kind of that's the core games, whatever. The core of the design stuff came from a different studio for the first time, yeah. uh, which is interesting to me. Um, you got the Saints Row pedigree, like, but, but it was mainly a lot of people, and Alex included. I talked to Alex about mm-hmm. it some, uh, and he said Navarro, yes, our our Alex, our own not, Alex Navarro, not the Alex that was like the creative director of this game. Oh yeah, oh is it is that also an Alex Hutchinson? Hutchinson, yeah. yeah. Oh that guy. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sure this is. Huh. Okay. Oh, anyway, uh, go ahead. No. After you. Oh, I was just going to say, at least if there's a good thing I can say about it, it actually kind of it starts well in that it's not hours and hours of hey, here's a bunch of story stuff and here's a bunch of just get into like, it. Maybe I'm yeah, wrong like, about Alex Hutchinson being on this game. I, actually, I think I that doesn't sound because he yeah he was on Far Cry. He was a Far Cry guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the name. And yeah, Assassin's I can't Creed Three guy. Yes, that's right. Okay, that's right. But it, it uh, opens up pretty quick. Like, I, I, I only played. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say strong because I didn't like it. But at least, like, I felt like I was doing. Or it things. gets moving. Yeah, I felt I was doing things, and it opened up the world early on. But it's still, I think, I think it's the controls that just kill it, kill Assassin's mm. Creed for me. I just think they're way too complicated. It mm. never seems to do what you want to do. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I just suck at it. But I just. I feel like every time I want to just like jump to a thing, I wind up jumping off the building and dying or something. And then I have to remember like, okay, so if I want to climb up, I got to hold in R2 and forward and X. But if I want to climb down, it's R2 forward and circle. Really? And then like, I, yeah. just, I like the like infamous thing where it's like, I'm just going to run to that wall and hit X and I'll jump up. It. I thought, I thought, I thought, the, climb, the climb up, climb down stuff is, it's one of those things that because of the way they build the environment is kind of necessary, but, I, but it's one of those things that like is not obvious compared to a lot of other games. Yeah. Just never climb down i, I don't like yeah. the way the, the, com- the, the climbing feels bad i think the combat has always felt bad i, I just think it's a clunky poorly controlling series I, I wouldn't disagree with what you're saying although supposedly this has like a relatively new combat engine i mean it was pretty basic as far as like you know x to break someone's guard yeah. circle to dodge you know like i i didn't hate it as much as i have in the past but i don't think it did anything necessarily fun mm-hmm. like i I don't think I had any fun the whole time I played. I'll let the, you know November twenty second. Yeah. My opinion. I'll okay. let you know before then because I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. Soon. I'm probably gonna give it a look. Yeah. I, I've got a lot of other stuff that I need to spend time with in the relatively near future. It's like need next week is like Need for Speed and Call of Duty and a bunch of other stuff. But right. I, I definitely yeah I, you know one of those where like the 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 word the early word the the word on Assassin's Creed Syndicate has been pretty positive. Did you yeah. did you get the grappling hook? No. Oh well, that's the thing. Like so, that supposedly, thing. supposedly oh, that, yeah. that just yeah. lets you skip all the climbing. Apparently, which oh, is, well, that, that, that helps. But because because I I like you, I got super burned out on the like that meticulous like picking your way up handholds up the side of buildings. Like that was very novel in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, that was but, just press A. I mean, the last time I played, you just but it was holding down. A it was it was satisfying play. to watch happen mm-hmm. on the last gen. But like it's it's been so long, man. Like, just, I don't know, need like, to do think that about that anymore. game as like you know. 
as one of the early champions of context sensitive buttons in terms sure. of like how that stuff works where they could just build a system where it's like this trigger is your high profile trigger it's going to make all your motions be you know faster more louder this sort of stuff this is your hand this mm-hmm. is your legs you know like like that control system and using it in different ways i think was really cool when they yeah. first rolled it out and as they started to perfect it but yeah like you know now tons of games do sort of similar things and sure. and you know that type of combat you know like like i think batman just kind of blew away the Assassin's, Assassin's Creed combat. You can oh, yeah. see some of the roots there, obviously. Shadow of Mordor, too. Yeah, Shadow of Mordor, yeah, Shadow I Mordor think. Mordor is just, you know, that's just Batman again. Shadow of Mordor but, is yeah. set up in a similar way as Assassin's Creed, but I love that because it just felt like I could do everything I wanted to do uh, intuitively. I felt like I could sure. sneak up on guys, yeah. I could climb things, I could jump off of things and kill people, oh, yeah, I, I could I, shoot I, people from above. I won't argue with you there. It, was, yeah. Yeah, it, it played better, for there's sure. There's an oh, on-paper yeah. elegance to Assassin's Creed when you think about how they try to build the controls and stuff. You go like, okay, this is that that seems super interesting, and you're applying it to this wide world and all this stuff, but like in practice, exactly. as the game got more and more complicated, like it got further and further away from the things mm-hmm. that made that cool. Yeah, I just, So yeah, I just, I did you end up in those situations where it's like, it's just a little too fiddly, and oh shit, I just jumped off the edge of this building when yep. I meant to jump down onto this room. Uh, and fuck that and there's uh, there's like no course correction and stuff where it's like I know it's a totally different thing since you have superpowers and stuff but like if you do fuck up or something and like an infamous or something I like being able to kind of like oh I'll do my little hover and get back I'm still in the building whereas you do a dumb control thing in Assassin's Creed and it's like no nope, you're just oh, yeah, dead you're, you're locked into a shitty leap for yeah, sure and yeah. you're just gonna end up where you don't want to be that's yeah yeah uh, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, the grappling hook alleviates some of that stuff. Yeah. But uh, curious how many more years that series. Yeah, has. well, so that was the one other thing. Talking to Alex that made me interested in this game mm-hmm. is that he said for the first time since three, they are actually getting back to like the modern day rapper story. And I yeah. love modern day rappers. Yeah, the step out of the animus <laughs> and flow. I'm always really curious where they went down that road to get away from Desmond and Desmond being well, written out of the story. Well, they ended that in three. Yeah, right? but I'm just kind of. But like they ended it in the like most blunt fucking. Oh let's yeah. Punch out of this thing we've been building for years right. way possible. I, I, I read. I just read about it on Wikipedia because I skipped three and it sounded ridiculous and terrible. It, it, so it's it was not caring. It was really abrupt, uh, and it yeah. was one of those things where they had built up that whole story for uh, like four or five games, and then like okay, nope. Right. I'm worried. I'm curious if they're gonna just go ahead and make assassin's creed nine just be well then you know black, black flag came out and had that promising setup where it's like well shit the templars won and now they make video games right so let's check out what it's like to work at their video game company you know but they didn't really go anywhere with that yeah and like, then apparently it, unity has nothing in that vein i loved all that commentary on ubisoft though like you could tell a lot of that was just really yeah frustrated game sure. designers like trying to make their and like let, uh, look evil. And, and letting you rate the quality of each mission that you played <laughs> and stuff like that like that stuff was kind of genius one but, star for any follow mission yeah uh, I did read that this game has very few of those. I they uh, should have gotten that message ten years ago. But, uh, but yeah, like Alex was saying, that they, they bring some characters back from the Desmond stuff for the modern day oh, aspect huh. of this okay. game, and yeah. that like, and he said there's like some actual meat to that stuff, and they're actually setting some stuff up for future games. So. <sighs> John Delancey so needed I, a check. Yeah. So another, another decade of Assassin's Creed <laughs> games. Maybe that's not a great thing. I don't know. Watch Dogs 2 uh, revealed to be... Just finally bring the whole Ubiverse together. They really... They... Well, no. I. Are they making Watch Dogs 2? Has that been confirmed? No. No, but... but yeah. <laughs> come on. They'll do... I mean, that game pre-sold well enough sure. to where at some point they'll take another stab at it, but... the The premise is not bad no i just it needs to be more it needs to be more yes tom clancy's assassin creed there you go coming up okay all right give me your pitch uh a young hacker 
and that's it. That's <laughs> sold. I was, I'm like, in. Man, I'm I was in. like, man, he's thought about this, but nope. <laughs> All right. Well, anybody played anything else? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, looks like you were about to say something. No, no go ahead. No. Uh, I well, I bought Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. That game is damn near perfect. It's wait, s- still no, is. No, it's pretty perfect. Much. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, 2015, still pretty perfect. Yeah, it, it, it's great still. Someone mocked up a PS4 bo- piece of PS4 box art for a Tony Hawk's Underground Three, <laughs> and like has they have a premise on the back of the box and huh. all this other like like it all takes place in Seattle and and it's just like the most fucking depressing thing <laughs> in the world because you just look at it and go man. I've heard a lot about like a PC thing where they took Thug yeah, Two, Thug two is, and added has been mo- It's called Thug Pro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they've been pulling levels out of other Tony Hawk games and cramming them into Thug Two. Uh, and they've got the online working again, even though it was GameSpy and that's all gone. Um, it's it looks very exciting. It's been around for a very long time. I tried getting into it. I don't know a year and a half ago, or I don't know. It was a, it was a long time ago. And just couldn't figure out a way to make it work. That, and I no longer have a, a copy of Thug 2 PC at my disposal. Right. So I, I need to find one. And surprise, surprise, right after 5 came out, a lot of PC copies of Thug 2 that I was looking at on eBay all vanished. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Almost as like people played that game and said, fuck this. Wait, there's an alternative? All right. Yeah. I'm going to go find that. Yeah. Um, well, you can man. find Tony Hawk 3 for one cent on Amazon plus three ninety nine shipping, which is what I did. So... That's that's well worth it, I would say. The PS2 version, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is a great PC game. That was that, the, the PC version of that was good, also. Huh. And also, all of the music was they were um, just MP3s in a directory. Oh, so what? you could kind of do custom soundtrack wow. in Tony Hawk oh. Three for PC. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so you could put all the cursing back in that Red Man song. Oh, nice. Let Let's get dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. took out the word PS2. Yeah, they took out the word. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> they took out the words PlayStation Two. <laughs> the, the filthiest of words. The filthiest of words. <laughs> I Disgusting. Always, I, I still remember that. That's the funniest. The PS2 version had it. Yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is that Is that PC version? Would it run on modern systems? Uh, fuck, if I know, man. Hmm. Probably. I don't know. You'd probably need to do some work to get it into the resolutions you would want. Yeah, but maybe. You've been playing that copy that you bought, the copy of three, yeah, of Tony Hawk three. Have you yeah. thrown it in? Yeah. Yet? How much have you played? I played like I'm probably like near the end of the career. I think at Jeez. this point, like wow. I'm trying to do like all the goals and everything. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it, it's totally the riding a bike muscle memory thing. It's yeah. just when you play that much of those games back then, mm-hmm. which I, I think a lot of us did. Uh, it comes back immediately. Yeah. It's great. Even like certain things in the levels, like, oh yeah, here's the part where I got to go rescue this guy or mm. where the skate letters are and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I played it a bunch this weekend. Also played a ton of Destiny, Trick or Treated and all that oh. stuff. Um, oh, did, really? Yeah. Okay. Sounds like you've spent more time with, hey, Destiny got nah. a Halloween mode, by the way. It, yeah, the Halloween heard. stuff is not great. Like, I, I saw you talking about, Brad, uh, you were talking about how you get this pack or whatever, and you, it's like filled with candy and stuff. Yes. And I thought you had to pay the silver to get it. No, no, no. That's all free. Well, so I went up. The first thing I saw was the silver lady was selling like Halloween packs, and I've never used any of my silver. And so I bought one of those dumb things. And then I realized later on, you go to the Guardian Outfitter, and it's like, oh, okay, you can actually just get this for free, and I just wasted oh, the silver that I'm oh, never going to buy again. That's a bummer. Yeah, I was kind of bummed out by that. You get enough free silver to buy two emotes. Yeah, I know. They're, they're so now shitty, I can't do but, that. But they're shitty emotes. They're blue emotes. Hmm. But you need uh, legendary. They're not emotes. legendary emotes. Oh, so fuck, fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> you know no, what you think no, that's you, no. Fuck that. No. Fuck that. Fuck that. You think that's insidious? Uh, they rolled out two new dances and one other emote for this Halloween festival. 
Like, there's the thriller dances yeah, in yeah. there. Like, which, of course, that's what you would want. Sure. Apparently, that stuff's going away. Limited uh, offer. Not, not only, supplies are limited. Not only are those dances $5 a pop, but they are all going away on the 9th of November. So if you want them, you better buy them. Also, you have to use that candy before the thing's over. Yeah, and all the, the, all and the, the masks and all that stuff. It's, uh, what is it? Festival of the Lost, Festival, I think, is the but, actual but you, name of it. Wait a minute. Hang on here. If yes. you buy the dance, can you use it after the night? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, but yeah, this just, candy stuff will go bad. Right. It says that you can yeah. you which the candy, oh, like, that, you'll eat. And uh, oh, you get more glimmer. So the whole the whole focus of this event is masks. Like, they go in your helmet slot. And to be fair, a lot of them are pretty funny. Like, there are, there's a lot of referential shit in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's an Ingram mask and stuff. And like, oh, I got a traveler uh, mask, so my uh, whole head is just the traveler. And the, and the Crypt Arc is wearing... Oh, huh. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's there's a bunch of... There's a speaker mask. There's a there's an Eris Morn mask. Like, they're kind of... Destiny's starting to poke fun at, at, at itself a little bit. But have in, you... In some good ways. Like, hmm. like that, that new exotic pulse rifle they rolled out a uh, week before last. No time to explain. Is a rename it to not enough content? Well, no, but it's a reference to one of the shittiest, like most infamously shitty lines of dialogue in the original game, where oh. like your player character asks the stranger, that robot lady, like why she's making you do something, <laughs> and she says, "I don't even have time to explain why I don't have time to explain." Yeah, like they're they're kind of getting into some self, you know, some referential stuff. Mm. Like, I can well, at least respect yeah, that sure. stuff. But have but, you seen what the actual missions are past the like trick or treating thing though? The like I immediately abandoned all the quests because you get like three quests. After you do the trick-or-treating. So you have to go to all yeah, the merchants yeah, and they give those, you candy yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But then, like, the quests are, do this in the Crucible while wearing this mask. Yeah. Fall off the stage while wearing this mask. Beat this many, you know, ultras or whatever while, you know, wearing this. So you only, like, get one, basically, for free, it seems. Oh. So I think you'd have to buy a bunch of Halloween packs or something. No, no, you don't have to do it with money. That's what you fill up that candy sack for. Oh, the satchel thing? So you, you can just, fill that up and then... So they give you, a, they give you an empty sack yeah, that I got candy that. goes into. And you get a free mask up front. Yes. And when you're wearing that mask... <laughs> yes, oh. I know. <laughs> when you're wearing the mask, candy drops off of enemies into the sack. Also, the mask is a helmet that has zero stats. Well, yes, so you become weaker as a result of, of Yeah, I haven't wanted to wear it at it's all. kind of a pain in the ass, but... Oh, wait, so every time you fill so up when you, the yeah, ba- when you fill basket? Up, when you fill up the set, the, 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 the process they want you to go through is get your free mask, put it on, start getting candy dropping... When you get enough candy to fill the sack, go turn the sack in, and you will get okay. the next mask that you need to start doing those quests. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I might actually so do there that is, There is an arc to it, so once I found that out, I was like, ah, maybe I'll do some of that. Until I found out all the rewards for this whole thing are just more masks. Ah, uh, fuck. Yeah, because like I'm never going to wear any of these. I have the yeah, Zer one and the yeah. Traveler one. Like, I, no, I, I, don't, I don't think there... Nobody's, at least nobody's uncovered yet any tangible rewards in the form of like weapons or actual armor or anything. You get a title. So it's just literally it's just cosmo i'm like rory i'm sure you're if they added the title and it was the only title in the game that'd be kind of cool <laughs> yeah so like wow has always stealth had, added titles yeah. the game well i was had a lot of you know seasonal stuff for a long time yeah. they, they they usually tie into an achievement you get an achievement for doing all the sub parts of the event and then you get one meta achievement for doing all the seasonal mm-hmm. stuff and you can only do it like you have to you got to do it all it takes a year to do wow at least uh and then you get a title for doing it and i always go to like the the the, the hubs for you know thanksgiving whatever i, I look at these quests and i'm like fuck no you got to do it's dailies you got to do it every day and it's always are, do, you, do you find like our serious wow players enthused about the idea of doing these holiday events when they only yield like cosmetic rewards uh yeah because they we have uh wow has uh not polymorphing but a transmogrification so if you get a unique design for your thing you can make it look like your other thing and still have it be powerful which is I why they, they probably need like a 
cosmetic slot or something for these helmets. I see. Yeah, and, yeah. Because in this case, these the masks are just cosmetic. They yeah. don't confer I, any stats, no abilities, no nothing. I don't even do the uh, the festival one that pops up. I, I find all that stuff to be real. Yeah. But yeah, there's this, so much other stuff. I, like people, it seems like people that are into like the social side yeah, of World definitely. of Warcraft would would get off on those. Sorts oh of yeah, things. the RP side, <laughs> the ERP wow side. after dark. There's <laughs> no such thing as a non ERP side when I'm playing. <laughs> uh, yeah, people get really into it because they they just change it up enough every year to make it seem worthwhile, I guess. But I've always found it to be just kind of tedious. I agree. Looking at these quests, it looked very tedious. And that's yeah. the way a lot of people think about and, wow. Like general, looking so. at looking at like the Destiny subreddit, like people seem really excited about this event, but like this is not what I want out of ongoing Destiny support. But I like when they when they do the wow events that usually have uh, not always, but they usually have like one boss you can queue up as a daily dungeon, and you just go straight into a, a, a interesting little fight. You get uh, some pretty good epic rewards usually, uh, and they up those a little bit more each year to make them comparable with what's out there now. So that's the kind of stuff I would really, I would dig if I was the Destiny player. Yeah. Just have like a unique, unique, you know, the Headless Horseman is the one for for WoW for Halloween. You just you launch in. It's like a three phase fight. You can usually steamroll in pretty quick, and you get some good gear. I mean, if there was a unique boss or as part of this or something, I would be way more interested in it. Sure, like, like actual gameplay. There's, yes, there's nothing like, gameplay go play relevant. Play the, the game however you're already going to play it. Right. And you'll get bonus cosmetic like stuff this, that actually is a negative, right? Like this thing. This thing comes just at the moment that I find myself like very quickly backing mm-hmm. off of Destiny. I was gonna say I can't. We can, I I can't continue to be a part of this fucking conversation. <laughs> Let's fucking move on. Fine, yeah. fine. Dan brought it up. I, I'm pretty much done. I'm about ready to raid. So yeah, it's where I went from the thing where I would be the one every time Destiny came up on this podcast. Oh God, fucking Destiny! Now you're just and now I'm totally Destiny wave. You're gonna get yeah. out of it, and then I'm gonna get back into it. It's pretty good. Well, anyway, otherwise, I think it's uh, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, last week, I think the embargo was not up yet on Triforce Heroes, so I'll just say real quick. You know, we did a quick look. You know, I, I played a few hours of it. It's exactly what I thought it was at A3. It's yeah. pretty simple little puzzles. Um, some interesting little boss fights you can do, but most of them just boil down to like cosmetic crafting that comes out of completing the mission. Yeah, this, this weird monster hunter thing where it's like you know there are three treasure tests at the end of each little mission, and two of them will be pretty common crafting materials to build these outfits, and one will be rare. Um, but yeah, like the boss are the fights, it's just cosmetic, or do they? Confer? No, they do stuff. Okay. So like one of them is you know oh when you get an arrow you now shoot like spread three arrows instead like. They okay. they do things, but like yeah. the core gameplay is not that great. And even the boss fights, which some of them I like, most of them boil down to like, okay, do I need to stack up two or three or stand on the ground as Link? I you know? really so we played that at E three, and, and E three is probably the worst place to play a yeah. game like that. But I came out of that demo going like, man, I hate that game. <laughs> <laughs> like everything about the the like totem tower time stuff of like yeah. let's stack up to do this like the like trying to solve these puzzles with other people and communicating with them they're like no no jump on my no 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 you need to jump on my thing like could not stand it yeah uh we did that quick look and i played and like it's like okay now this this game is not as like i don't hate it like it's i did at e3 but i definitely came away from going like ah, this is i don't want to ever play this thing again it's it's Fine for what it is, but man, no. Yeah, it, it's not bad, but I mean, even as a huge Zelda fan, this is not what I'm looking for from that series. Not, I, I know I, it's a totally different thing. For, totally, but I, that's I don't I don't like when I, I want Zelda to be an adventure. Yeah, I don't like Four Swords that much. I, you know, like, I didn't I either. This is just not interesting to me. Yep, yep, I, I'm with you on that. So yeah, not great, but it, it's kind of exactly what we expected it to be. Sure, so, that was uh, the majority of what I played. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, did we talk about Downwell? I played some yes, Downwell. Yes, we, yeah, talked, we, about talk, Downwell. we talked about Downwell last week. Uh, last week. I got week. pretty far into Downwell, and it gets fucking hard. Is it endless? It no, is. it is not. It is. It says right on the, the game's website. It's an endless... An endless dun- faller? An endless dungeon. You can continue to fall like there's an ending to that game okay there's huh. a there's a final boss like a splunk you know there, there's a final confrontation i don't, uh, I don't know okay. if i, I don't and it unlocks a hard mode i didn't know that because uh, it said right on the website yeah, yeah. an endless cave or an endless, yeah. i don't know if i asked no. last week are the levels randomized yes they are yeah. okay um that is that is game is on a very tall teetering pile of games that i need to check out before neat. before it's, december it's enjoyable but yeah there's a so one of the worlds the third world is underwater hmm. uh. so it adds the uh the additional mechanic of okay, make sure you're like popping these things that you find along the way to get your oxygen back up. Mm. That's always fun. That's my funnest. It's not most so. Fun. It's it's one of those things where there's enough of those to where sure. it's not actually a problem mm-hmm. as long as you are kind of remembering to occasionally bounce on those objects and collect the oxygen from sure. within. Um, it's hard. Do you guys have any standouts on like a pile of shame? Like as December looms, like is there anything that's like kind of burning a hole uh, in your? I'm I still, I, I still need, to, I, need to, I need to spend some more time with The Witcher. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I tried to reinstall that after I put my 970 in. It somehow managed to look worse and run worse nice. than with my 770. It's your video card because uh, I think they put out a new patch with a bunch of new graphical options in it, and oh. I kind of like launched it with some weird setting. Apparently, hair FX just really kills performance. Yes, and that, so mm, I've heard you're that. playing on what uh, PS4 or something though. No, I have a 980. Oh, you're playing on PC? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm curious to hear your experiences with it. I need to go back and fiddle with a lot of that stuff, apparently. Just install the NVIDIA GeForce Experience and hit go. (laughs) I do have that. Maybe I'll try that for once. It's actually, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like the antithesis of playing games on a PC is just hitting this button and Mm -hmm. not fucking with it yourself. I've never tried it. But it hasn't. Like, I'll I'll hit it and then go in and and say, like, actually, it can go higher than that. You're being dumb. Um, But it's... As a baseline, it mm-hmm. has not been too bad. Good. I'll try that out. Uh, I, I, I went in and saw that it was all fucked up, and I kind of just stopped. So uh, I finally got my Windows 10, to, so I'll probably install that and then mm-hmm. reinstall it and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I do need to go back and play that. A pile of shame, probably. I, I never touched Mad Max, which is the thing I was kind of looking yeah, forward to, considering. I didn't, I didn't either, but. I like the studio and I like the movies, but it's like once I saw what people were saying about it, it was just like, well, this yeah. doesn't sound I've great. I think some people had a really good time in that game. Yeah, um, that, that's one I need to at least play a little bit of, but other than that, I think I've hit most of the big ones. I, I dug into it and, and just kind of, it, it pushed me away pretty yeah. quickly uh, on that one. There's, yeah. you know, the, the Avalanche game we all need to play is yet to be released. Yep. Yeah. That's how I feel about it, that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, man, MGS5, what a game. <laughs> Jesus, I'm 64% of the way through now, and I think I'm on my 140th hour. <laughs> God, dude. I got to the second time someone tells you what took you so long, and I just kind of like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, can't kind of oh, spoil yeah. anything, but. I know what you're talking about. Wow. Uh, but no, that game is still taking the most of my nights and weekends. I, yeah. I really, really dig the hell out of the game. It's not on my wall, walk of shame because I'm still playing it, but I haven't finished it yet. At some point, I just need to... I think I got to a point where I don't have any more main story missions, and I just have to do side ops for a bit until yeah. something happens. That'll yeah. happen. Yeah. I, I would say Witcher Three is the pile of shame thing two weeks ago, yeah. but like I feel we, liberated we, now we that I we covered that. I believe. Yeah, yeah. It, it just feels really good to just like, nah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I feel all right. Hmm. Yeah. How about games or movement? You're talking about Assassin's Creed. The movement in that I've tried the new and old Witcher Three movements, and it still just never feels like quite it's right. not great. Especially it's, I mean, it's still, like not the, it's still not the best ever, but it's yeah. it is much improved. I do want to. I really, really do intend to go back and play that game all the way through because the people who have had good times have just had like orgasmic, like religious 
first time doing I, I feel like those are the same people that said the same thing about Witcher 2 and I yeah. played yeah. enough Witcher 2 to know that I yeah. definitely don't like Witcher 2. And those people do not yeah. like hearing that you're not going to finish The Witcher or, you know, 3 specifically. Yeah. I, I've heard from people like, no, you don't understand. Like, just just keep going, just push through. And it's like, nah, I'm just, I'm fine. Well, the, the best is when people come out of the woodwork to tell you why it is that you're not playing it right yeah such yeah. that you could have started enjoying it again it's like oh you've been away from it for too long it's like nah. it's like no actually there's like eight different things about that game that are not ruinous but just annoying enough that they cumulatively yep. kind of fatigue you the more you play it and yep. finally all those things caught up to me yep yeah. same here like like fumbling with the cruddy inventory and like how long it takes to pull the fucking map up and the shitty movement and the combat never changes and it's yep. like I really like a lot of things about that game, but like there are some things about it that are and really not great. The story spinning its wheels for many, many hours at a time. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, let's not talk about. I that. do want to spend a little bit more time with that uh, at some point here. Yeah. Big one for me is Soma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I played really, about an hour of that. Real, yeah. Yeah. I got it. I was playing with my girlfriend. It, going from like MGS to Soma is really tough because it is a. Your your crosshair is about a pixel wide, and it's really tough to lock on to stuff that you know you can interact is with. There, like, is there even shooting? I, don't, I haven't gotten that. I don't believe. I don't. Oh, what I don't would know. you say crosshair, I assume? You, you, your selector thing. Where you're, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You start at the beginning of the game, you're, you have to interact with a bunch of stuff. and you're actually, like Grabbing onto things and moving around is really uh, not great. I mean, it's kind of more of an adventure game. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, I mean, you still have to touch things. Yeah. Maybe it'd be better with a, a mouse, but I don't know how that works. I just started off with a controller. Um but it seemed interesting. You get I've, really creepy places pretty yes, quick. Yes, yes. I've I've just I've heard some crazy stuff about where that game goes. Yeah. Is there more to that game than just like, hey, it's another horror game for people that like those? Sci-fi like, horror. I mean, it is. Yes, it is yeah. sci-fi horror. Totally is it, different. Is it, was it underwater? Or is it in space? Where is it? Uh, I it it I don't it it's not made clear at all in the beginning <laughs> Sorry, of the game. On. It's, it's, it, yeah, that's it's, fine. It's okay. Very bizarre. Okay. Uh, I well, yeah, I want to sit down. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that it's. I mean, you know, it's the, the you know, it's, it's the new game from the Amnesia people. That's kind of yeah the main pedigree that it has. Mm-hmm. But uh, it looks nice, and I'm I'm really curious about it. Uh, all right, unless anybody's got any other games that they're just dying to talk about. I want to. I I've been playing uh, some Guitar Hero live oh, here right. and there. I don't yeah. know that we've talked that much about that yeah. here, have we? Eh, some that was last week, maybe. Yeah, I can't uh, but I don't think we played it until. After it was out, yeah. And anyway, Guitar Hero is pretty good. It looked all right. The guitar is fun to use. Uh, you know, the I, I I don't know that I'm at all interested in their kind of offline single player fake band stuff. But you have to do that to unlock those songs. Mm. I just kind of like the idea of turning on one of their streaming music video channels and playing along with it, sure. just because the the instrument is fun to use. And then that's I think that's the crux of it is I think mm. that, that guitar is fun, um, but I, I haven't spent enough time with it to know if that's like a lasting fun or not. So I kind of need to. That controller seems neat. Yeah, yeah, mm. it is. It's it's always been more a fan of the clicking clicky stuff than the Rock Band up and down. Uh, I, once the Rock Band came out, I never quite managed to play those guitars at all. I, it's it's like the clicky guitar is a pain in the ass from a noise perspective, sure. but you at least know when you're hitting that strum bar. Yep. Uh, whereas I feel like the, a lot of the rock band guitars have, yeah, they're they're a little mushy. Yes, that's the um, word I would use for sure. And you're you're not sure if you're hitting it and, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. There's there's definitely something to that game in a way that I didn't necessarily expect. How does the uh, the FMV stuff working out for you? Because that always looked from the very get go to be 
probably something that was going to be disastrous, but I haven't heard. It's fine. It, yeah. like, it, think about Guitar Hero as a game that's like fell out of some wormhole alternate universe where Laserdisc games were the most popular form of entertainment sure. well, in the arcades, and they never stopped making them. I see your analogy, but if that were actually the case, they might have gotten the real bands to do this shit. Yeah. You, okay, oh, yes. that would have been you're right. so but, expensive to do. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I suppose that but, if, if, in, but, if the alternate universe was truly where yeah. that was the most popular thing, then yes. But uh, it feels like a... It feels like... You know, from the makers of Mad Dog McCree comes a music game or something. It's just fucking weird. <laughs> uh, but I, I, it's it's fine. I don't know. Cool. From from what I've seen of it, and and most of the time, you know, I'm, I'm playing the mode where it's just music videos and that stuff's. I mean, it's a music video. They so does it not respond to your fuck ups or it doesn't. doesn't? Uh, it, oh. They they'll they'll EQ it in such a way that the guitar kind of fades out a little bit, but they uh-huh. can't fully stop it because sure. they're not working with the stems of their master tracks. It's okay. just it's just the music video. Audio. I thought it was going to be something where like as you played more poorly, the audience would get more dejected or something. That's like that. the that's the, the the regular mode. Is that okay? Uh, where they have two two versions of each shoot basically huh. where they're either into it or they're not depending on how you're playing does a football and lofter yeah. body play yeah that's weird is there, are there like weird cuts or? It's, it blurs and, ah. and fades back in but all the camera movement is like totally locked in by robots <gasps> so it matches up frame by frame <laughs> this in this really shoot. insane way yeah the, the, how many hearing them describe it it was a weird shoot. how many do you, how many stages do they 30 have 30 or uh, 40 Jesus yeah is it really that many i don't know there are a lot of songs on that on the but each song doesn't it have its own song. video. Yes, it does. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That yeah. must have been a lot of extra work. Well, but like, not that many different bands. Yeah, so the, sure. that's the thing. Is, is that's like once they, it's like the first thing you do when you turn that game on is you play like three songs with the same band. Uh-huh. So it's like they play a set, more or less. Sure. Um, and it works out pretty well. Cool. Yeah, it's... I'm just talking more for the audience during those shoots. Like, look happy, look sad, look happy. Yeah. That must have been a tough day for a lot of those kids. I am really curious to see some sales figures for that thing. Yeah, like less so less so rock band because the audience is kind of built in and like the just the use case for a new rock band is very obvious, right? It's like you want to use all that DLC you bought, but but, right, but Guitar yeah. Hero is starting fresh. You know, they've taken years off, and now they're back with this kind of crazy new concept. You yeah, know, like I yeah. really want to see how hard that thing is going to catch. I had someone. Well, it's it's he was talking more about the internal kind of support, kind of PR aspect of it, but. I heard someone describe Guitar Hero as small. Really? In terms of team size and all hmm. that sort of stuff. Like, you know, it's freestyle games like the DJ Hero team made it and, and all this other stuff. But it sounds like, you know, just the the efforts around that game are, are it's it's kind of bootstrappy. It's huh. a little like, you know, I'll put it, it's not Call of Duty. Well, no, of course not. You know? the, like uh, the, the, the shoots, the, the live action Destiny. stuff in particular. Yeah, I mean, that stuff certainly, I mean, looked like work. The, that looked relatively expensive. But, but in but. terms of like how Activision traditionally produces and markets games and, yeah. and the types of games that they are making, Guitar Hero is this weird small project yeah. now. It's kind of interesting. Activision marketing is, is an, a weird beast. It is. Like you can very much like gauge their confidence in something or how much they care about it continuing by... How, how how much or how little marketing right. they give to things. Yeah. So, quick question. The Guitar Hero Live website says they have hundreds of songs playable on day one. They have yeah. 234 listed here. And I'm assuming some of it is DLC or is it old DLC? No, or what? no. So, that's that's the there's the, the one mode is called uh, Guitar Hero Live. Mm-hmm. And that's where they shot with all their fake bands. And that's a limited number of songs. Okay. Then they have Guitar Hero TV, which is a streaming network of music videos that you play huh. along to. And okay. it's just the music video, so they didn't have to do any work there in terms of like video production. Sure. 
and so those are not that's not DLC. You tune in. You never. You cannot buy a song. Okay. In Guitar Hero TV, you can buy a play of that song, and it has so it's it's a it's a microtransaction based thing, sure. a free to play thing where you're kind of earning currency just for playing, mm-hmm. and you can use that currency to buy one play. So they have a program schedule of like this hour is going to be indie hits, next hour it'll be hits from the two thousands, and you just tune in and play. Uh, if you want to play one of the specific songs in the Guitar Hero TV catalog, mm-hmm. meaning the music video catalog, you spend a play. And plays you can purchase with that in-game currency, or you can spend real money to get it. Or you can buy a party pass for $6, which is 24-hour access to the library, uh, whatever you want to play. Um, oh, that, seems a little, that seems a little high. It's, I guess if you're having a guitar here at night, maybe it's fine. Th- yeah, exactly. Because think about Rock Band DLC is $2 a song. Sure. So if you're if, and, and it's it's a shame like rock band would really benefit from a pricing structure like sure. that because if you think about like hey we're having a rock band night okay buy the pass like like you would rent out a karaoke room yeah uh, and I think that would work super well maybe not on the money end for them I don't know how their stuff is structured but like this game is like a, a game you play by yourself or you can play it with two people with mm-hmm. but it's the same guitar part it's not like well, there's no, it's not a band game there's no drums this time around nope no huh. drums no bass you can hook up a microphone and sing if you want but it's not like That's weird it's not meaningful huh. um and and so to have this structure for pricing built in is you know it's a little weird because that's not a game where you're like we're having a guitar hero night because there you're were drums and guitar hero before right yeah yeah, yeah. this Back is then. this is a full reboot so it's a okay. different kind of game really bold it's back to the original guitar heroes before they added the drums really 241 songs not bad not a bad uh, and they're gonna not- add more as time goes on um theoretically yeah so they say but i think it's an interesting approach like think about it as the, as the difference between buying an album of mp3s and subscribing to spotify okay you know, I will think about it. Though. No one owns their music anymore. <laughs> they just fucking stream it. So this feels like a weirdly modern approach that y- you look at it. And you're like, oh, this is some free to play fucking garbage. Like, fuck you. But at the same time, you're like, actually, I don't need to own any of these songs because I don't care about enough of them, sure. any of them that much. But That's if I can just turn on the game, turn to channel one or channel two or whatever, you know, there are other channels. Some some of them are premium. If you want to pay to access a channel, pay for premium. Who would ever think of that? Exactly <laughs> right. Uh, you you can. You, it starts to make some form of sense. Cool. So I don't, I don't know. It's an interesting approach. So it is. We'll see how it shakes out. All right, let's move into some news because stuff happened today. Okay. The very reason that we are recording this podcast on a Tuesday is oh, because right. Sony had this thing uh, going on in Paris this morning. Right, the Paris. Paris Games Week. It was a press conference. We yeah. watched it live. They took their Gamescom press conference and had it later. <laughs> yeah, basically, it did very much feel like the caliber of stuff you would see. Well, I would say it was, it was more action-packed than their last Gamescom thing. Yes. Like, there were some yeah. big announcements there. I've got the feed of everything that happened here. I'm just going to scroll through it and throw out the, the high points here. You can comment uh, as necessary. Uh, Street Fighter V is coming out February 16th. Yep. Also, Dalsum is going to be in it. Yep. He has a beard. He has a beard. That's true. He's got a cool That's beard. That's true. I was not. I was not excited about the Dalsum announcement until I saw the beard. I played some of that beta. 
Yeah, so did I. Yeah. But it got better. It got better. They, they said they, they did, wouldn't get better, and then it got better. It was Capcom fucking, knows no bounds when it comes to fucking to being, being wrong shifty about their, about their betas. Man, that thing was wretched to begin with. Yeah. Holy crap, when it launched, people were, it was taking like an hour for people to get into a match and stuff. Yeah, Just, yeah. oof. Uh, but yeah, not only did the matchmaking get cleaned up, but by the last day of the beta, there were like 10 characters in it. Or eight. Eight or 10? Something mm. like that. There were a lot I mean, of characters. That's, that's damn near half the... That's, you know, the game's supposed to have 16 characters yeah. when they're done. Yes. It was a lot. And they've announced 15 of them now. It's true. What about Harada? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Harada, Tech 7 coming to PS4. Like, finally. It's like, yeah, who didn't see that coming? <laughs> Get around to announcing that. It was like the dumbest thing. Yeah. Hinted that being a prequel. Uh, it, it, like. it talks about the events prior to Tekken 1 of, yeah. of young Kazuya getting thrown into a volcano, but I don't think the game is actually set there. I oh, think okay. it was just kind of, hey, this uh, happened a long time ago. I think Heiachi's wife figures into this game. Yeah, the trailer showed him like crying and the voiceover was saying, I yeah, love Heiachi. I, and- I think I think that's, I, I just don't remember, like I remember following some of the Tekken 7 trailers when it was coming to arcades and, and it's all lost now. Yeah. Yes. More volcanoes. Also, yeah. Tekken 7 is going to have fucking VR support. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? What is yes. that? Because why not? Because why not? Sure. There's a, uh, I don't know if you guys get these the spam from a certain company that I'm not going to name because I don't want to give them attention, but it's GameSpot. Is it their <laughs> yeah, fucking like, GameSpot. hey, who wants to go see Star Wars? Emails, <laughs> that, that fucking bullshit. Oh, man. Get the fuck back to work. Uh, buy your no. Oktoberfest glasses. <laughs> there was Sony yeah. talking about like multi-screen support or something. You can do stuff on on tablets and PCs. And they put up a video today, a YouTube video of uh, VR support for, for, for uh, Smash. And the video is literally a dude wearing a, a headset and playing Smash for like a minute and a half. It, you don't see, see what he sees at all. You don't even see it on a monitor or anything like that. It's just like proof we can do Smash Brothers. Yeah, apparently. All right. I don't. It, it was not the best way to sell their product, I would say. Was, it, was it hooked up to a 3DS? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't recall. Because with it being in 3D, if they could take the two signals out of. Oh, Nah, that, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> or it's just uh, Google Cardboard, and you just shove your 3DS top screen into it. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's you know, it, you, there was that Oculus press conference that was right before E3, where mm-hmm. they had you know said, "Hey, it's coming with an Xbox One controller," and blah blah blah. And that was the thing where they got out there and said, "Xbox One games in Oculus," and it was just an Xbox One game projected on a virtual wall, like you were in a big theater. And you're like, okay, I mean, cool. I like guess. some people will be into that. Like I, I know someone who. I had people over to try out my like DK one back before we lost it or it got broke. I don't know where that, did you borrow it? I borrowed it. I brought it back. It's in a cabinet in the middle between the uh, quick look and the control center. Okay, good. Control room. We know where that is then. Yeah. I said the new biggest, but like like I had a a thing that would like, you could load up any video file and project Mm -hmm. it into a a a VR environment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, this is how I'm watching all my movies from here on out. I'm like, all right. So I, I think there will be some people that would be into that sort of thing, but I'm just curious how they, uh, with VR ramping up, I'm really curious how they show off some of those games. I'm sure people have, have uh, talked yeah. about it before, but how do you visualize that in a way that people can look at on a 2D screen? Well, if you're Sony, you have pictures of people making extreme video game yeah. faces with tiny rectangles uh, projected in front of them as if to signify they're wearing a helmet. Or they are Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. Or both. Why can't it be both? Uh, Housemark. Mm-hmm. Purveyors of such fine retro arcade future classics as Resogun and Super Stardust uh, announced a game called Matterfall. Yeah, and I wish we could tell you what it is, but, but we we've can't. been sworn to secrecy. <laughs> no, it's like they, uh, they, they showed a CG trailer. It, yeah, that kind of. I mean, it gave some. It looked like a cyber a man wearing big robot armor 
Doing vanquish slides. Yeah, yeah, and there's like the robots have like crystals in them and they like you shoot up the crystals and they fall apart. I don't know. The only reason I bring it up is because you said that Housemark is making a game with Eugene Jarvis. Yeah, and, that's, and I, I want to know if this is that, but we don't, I don't have think any it idea. Is because I feel like the press release for that thing came out, and I um, saw that it gave no further hint than the video at what kind of game this actually is. No, no, I mean a press release for the Eugene for the Jarvis oh, project. Oh, gotcha. Okay, uh, they are they are going to produce a documentary. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just like literally loading up this press release here. The name of the game. It is a documentary about Housemark and the Jarvis Project. Uh, is a full length documentary coming from a Finnish production company. Um, is a, it is about Housemark working with Eugene Jarvis? Well, that's awesome because like the Double Fine documentary was great. Like I will watch. I will definitely watch more documentaries about the making of games. Yeah. Uh, so I don't. I just don't know what the game is. So okay. it's like the picture here is Eugene, Eugene Jarvis playing Robotron. So mm. I'm into it. All right. Well, that sounds promising, but we don't know if Matterfall is that. I don't think Matterfall is that game, okay. I would, but because I feel like they would have sent out something saying like, oh, by the way, Eugene Jarvis is involved yeah, with you're Matterfall. Prob- you're probably right. Maker of Robotron. Defender. Yes. Big Buck Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Raw Thrills release, isn't it? I'm going to bring that one up, but sure. Yeah. Hey man, big. That's esports, man. If that's you, the hottest esports around. If you feel the yeah, no, I know. I see. I see what the kids are into on on the social media. Uh, Drive Club is getting a motorcycle expansion today. It came out supposedly. Drive Club bikes. Nobody actually here actually tried to download it, but we assume it came out. Was it free? I thought it was a standalone. No, thing? no, no. no. It's, no, a, it's an it. add-on for Drive Club or a standalone expansion. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They showed a bunch of Uncharted multiplayer. That stuff looked fine. They showed a trailer that had multiple people shooting or, each yes, other. That's, yes, that's yes. They didn't. It, there's. It looked like maybe some in-game asset stuff. Yeah, kind of animated and made yeah. made to look a little more cartoony. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else did they do? They showed that Dreams game from Media Molecule, which looks super yeah. weird. I think you'll, if you're interested in this stuff, you should just go watch the. Yeah, the the yeah. archive because dreams is fascinating, but like it's one of those things where as the more they tell you about it, you're like, okay, I I don't I'm like having a hard time wrapping my mind around what you're actually making. Yep, uh, for sure. Until until they just say here, try it, and hear what the limitations are. Like, or you know, you kind of figure out what those limitations are. Like, it's I don't know that it's going to make much sense. Yeah, like yeah. the world that Media Molecule built for a trailer, like. Looked amazing, yeah. But then it's like when it's in the hand of a bunch of yahoos that are just throwing together, you know. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, you know, they were plopping down prefab trees and stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. You know, they don't like, have that, but and, and that's how Little Big Planet always was. Like yeah. most people are just making complete garbage levels, but like the one percent that are doing really cool things. Yeah, and make it in trailer. It's like here's you know we built a soccer game. Here we built this. Here we built this. Yeah, a racing okay. game. Okay, like, this seems like it has some versatility, but yeah. how much time does it take to make it? Like what to what end? Media molecule. <laughs> <laughs> Even they don't know. Yeah, that's for you to decide. Uh, I guess one of the biggest stories out of this thing was that this thing represented the single biggest push for Morpheus slash PlayStation VR that they have made to date. I guess so. Yeah, like bigger than E three. Like they announced yep. games here, they showed games to mm-hmm. some extent. Kind of, although it remains difficult apparently to show VR games on a stage. Yeah. Um, but uh, they spent a good amount of time on PlayStation VR. They announced a game called Rigs. That would, that had been announced. Oh, had it? But it, this was okay. yeah. Esports, V V sports, art sports. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's 
like a double tough sell, right? Like those are two separate, but both like kind of niche markets, right? Well, uh, you know, it, like, it was it was a future sport multiplayer okay. game, like Rocket League is. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily a game they're going to yeah, push okay. as esports. Okay. But that's fair. I'll they were, Shu Yoshida did say esports. Did he? Okay. Yes. All right. Well, we'll see. Yes. You can't. You don't get to. You don't get to do that. Yes, I agree. You don't get to come out ahead of your game and say, "Hey, we're making esports." We're making an esport because then Evolve comes out and no one gives yeah. a shit. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm firmly of the opinion that the community is is to define what is going to be treated in that way. All you can do is say, "We are putting features in here to make it easy for you to spectate yep. and broadcast your spectator view in yes. the game." And we sure hope people like it enough to make it a competitive esportsy kind of thing. I agree. That thing looked weird. Also, they barely showed the actual game. It was like another kind of CG concept trailer. Of people's faces, yes. and they're going nuts. Uh, there is an Until Dawn spinoff coming out for PlayStation VR, Rush of Blood, yeah, which appears to be an on rails thing. Like you were on a literal roller coaster on a rails. <laughs> Take the arrow I, out of the horse. I saw rails. Sign the wall. I saw rails. Sign the wall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, that was a fun time. I missed that. Uh, they showed you having like two pistols, so I wanted yes, to have two move controllers. I did, I did looking see around some, shooting, see some guns in that thing. But the London uh, Heist will be a full game. Yeah, that was that's something they've been demoing for a while. Which right. you know, I think it was obvious that was going to make it into a game at some point. But uh, yeah, and then also uh, Crytek is doing an exclusive game for PlayStation VR called uh, Robinson: The Journey. Mm-hmm. All three of the games that we just mentioned on rails. Robinson the Journey will be on it. It looked like it. Oh, yeah. Well, that, okay, you the, know what? That, I shouldn't that trailer is kind of... That trailer certainly does. The trailer look, was, was... That trailer, like, again, looked like a, a game that fell out of the Laserdisc game world. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, you, you got a little robot uh, escort buddy literally telling you which direction to move through this jungle. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Like... Plays David Robinson. Okay. The Admiral. Yes. It's traveled back in time. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Uh, disturbing number of like what look like very guided experiences. I, th- I think that's going to be one of the things is, you know people start to build for VR like the that's kind of the easiest or one of the easier approaches, right? Is yeah, cockpit stuff stuff that, where you're sitting down like guided on railsy kind of experience. Cockpit in a vehicle you can control and play like normal. You're right, that's fine. one thing. Totally yeah. fine. And I think that there's you know like. There's room in this world for games that are on rails. Yeah, but like... I think it's like not something I'm super into, but like at the same time, they should just make a new time crisis. Because why wouldn't you? That's Yeah, that's fine. I mean, if that, that's a light gun game out of the gate. That's totally fine. Yeah, but I mean, like London the, Heist is a light gun game. Yeah, but the, know, fear, the fear is that the, the connect scenario plays out again of like, these are the easy things to make, but then nobody ever figures out anything more interesting. Yeah. I'm, hope, I'm, reading, I'm reading over the Robinson The Journey press release that Crytek sent out. And I'm trying to look for anything. They do say an entirely new degree of freedom mm-hmm. as you are empowered to explore the stunning world around you. But new degree of freedom could just mean it's in VR. Yeah. And you turn your head wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Uh, well, I don't know. It does say it's coming exclusively to PlayStation VR. Yeah. Yeah, Crytek moving from an Xbox One exclusive in Rise to a PlayStation 4 exclusive. Well, hopefully this will be better than Rise. Yeah. 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 You could do worse than Rise. Oh, I heard the PC sure. version of it could it also was do not, better. It was not terrible. Yeah. It looks good. Um, but yeah, I man, I don't know. I, I, I had pretty much the utmost confidence in VR up until the last two, three months, and I feel like... 
for me it was we're the, getting closer and closer yeah i mean I, I i still feel like there are a ton of great experiences out there and and some potentially really cool games happening yeah but i i still like that pax trip we took to see the vive um took some of the wind out of my sails on that yeah. stuff yeah the the, te- the time for tech demos and on rail stuff is drawing to a close like yes we need, some, need to see some more interesting stuff but people plenty of people will ship on rails like games that are on rails yeah. here because you know the same way because you, you have some people that are just looking at it as like well the controllers are basically like move controllers they are that kind of point and interact sort yeah. of things like you know what's good to that good in that a gun yeah. uh you know what's hard to do freely walking around an environment because you know people are going to want to move their feet and they can't and the speed of that stuff is well you might make people people sick sure like i feel like the first wave you're going to see some people kind of take that way take that route of of making it on yeah. rails sort of thing i guess the, the biggest difference between connect and this is there's there's too many companies putting too much money into this to just let it die on the vine yeah like they will yeah i mean oculus doesn't have a backup plan of like right. well we still have a console like it's if vr doesn't work they're done yeah or if VR doesn't work, they're like figuring out how to make unlike buttons for Facebook. <laughs> John Carmack going like, "Well, we we made one that says not okay with," and then you click that. I don't know. We put. What if we just had a rocket launcher button? Okay. I don't. I think they will probably start looking at non-game stuff if the game stuff doesn't really. Yeah. Work. Well, yeah, that's yeah, obvious. That's, that's so that's many things. Totally. That's that's in the plan already, of course. Um, moving from they also had Battlezone for for PlayStation VR. Yeah, cool. Yeah. First VR thing I ever saw was a tank thing. Yeah. Tanks. Tanks. Tanks are all right. A cockpit. I would, I would, you know what? I would pilot a mech yep. in virtual reality. Yeah. I, of the of the acrobatic anime variety or the tank-like plotting. I would like to see someone just emulate Battletech. Okay. Like the location-based. Oh, dude, just like the actual Battletech, Battletech center, center. Holy like shit. Like a full Battletech yeah. cockpit yes. in VR. That sounds great. And then you get out of it, and then someone who doesn't want to work there has to bark at you in a military-like fashion okay. as you get out of the mech. Okay. And then you go buy a drink from their overpriced like, <laughs> drink bar. Sure. Somebody just port Mech Warrior 2 to that thing. Yeah. Remember Steel That'd Battalion Connect? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't. Fuck. I blocked that fucking thing out of my mech, dude. That fucking game. Holy shit. That, that was for hardcore gamers for Connect. Wow. Connect wasn't yeah. just for casuals. Yeah, exactly. Let's not God. Even, I don't even want to discuss it. Let's get John Carlo. Did he like it? He, he's quoted on the back of the box for that thing. <laughs> really? Out, he's out an authority. Event. He's yeah, uh, <laughs> dude. Hey, when when that when we saw that thing at their preview event, yeah, and, yeah. and it worked, it was working. It was like, okay, maybe this was, might work. I can I can fist bump this guy. Yeah, yeah that was. Uh, in, I think I was at the same yeah, event in San Francisco, was, where yeah. it was in that big room. Was Lang and, was giving those racketeer demos. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it worked um, and racketeer worked too. Yes, racketeer did work. Uh, <laughs> what happened to that game between then and was it? Did any of you? I don't know. We got final copies of Steel Battalion for Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Got it in, set it up. When this doesn't work for shit. I don't know what happened. Was oh, it something where God, it was infuriating? They were doing the demo for you and yes. kind of knew the, they the developer. Us, they let us play. Wait, uh, did they? Yeah. I, when I saw it at that event, the developer was playing it. Yes, but, but I, I played a little oh, bit they of it did? there. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I did too. By any account, one of the all-time games that had no functionality that it should have had. Yeah. As far as I recall, like it just did not work. Yeah. That's the first time I met Dave Lane. He seemed like a real normal dude. <laughs> little, little did, did you know. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. Beam me to it. Uh, two more big announcements came out of this thing. Gran Turismo Sport, yeah, which got leaked somehow a few months ago. We've heard that name before, but yeah. they've officially announced it, and it will have VR support as well. 
Did they say that? Yep. Okay. 2018. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. No, uh, it's, it's it's celebrating the next hundred years of motorsports. So cars. Twenty one fifteen. Okay. <laughs> I have a hard time believing people will still be driving cars in a hundred years. But all right. I mean, I think people were driving cars in a hundred years as like a fun thing. Maybe. Yeah. Like uh, Will Smith and uh, I am robot. Or iRobot. Well, actually, let's back that up. Yeah. <laughs> Will there be humans in a hundred oh, years? That, even that is not even a remote guarantee. Right. Not in the Middle East, apparently. Uh, I know you saw, saw that story today. That apparently by 2100, it'll be like 158 degrees in the Jesus. summer in Ooh. the Middle East. Yes, there will be humans in a hundred years. How many <laughs> and, and living at what standard, I don't know. I'll be here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let us know how it is. Yeah. I mean, post-singularity, who cares how hot the Earth gets? Yeah. Just yeah. as long as the computers don't overheat, keep the, where as long our as brains are stored. As long as you keep the server farm air-conditioned, everything's right. fine. Yeah. Pump more greenhouse gases. Build, it, build it underground. Who cares? Yeah. Put it down there. Let's tap into thermal energy. Or let's all live underground. Like, let's, let's start breeding generations yeah. of mole people. Yes. Like, like, fucking, let's, just like, become, let's, let's just Let's, let's just, embrace our dark sci-fi nightmarish future. Let's just become the Morlocks right now. Yeah. This is getting dark. Let's move on. <laughs> It could uh, be fun. We have no idea. Maybe. <laughs> Not a lot of vitamin D down there, though. You know, uh, they have pills for that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, did they say what Gran Turismo Sport even is? They spent a lot of time talking about, like, well, we're going to have tournaments in the game right. for, like, people in countries and people who like specific brands of cars, and those people will win awards at an actual race event run by the FIA. Right, like, they, they spent a lot of time talking about, like, sort of ancillary features but around the But at no point the do they say, hey, here's Gran Turismo 7, or, right. or here's, here's the next Gran Turismo, and here's what the cars will look like, and here's the feature set you can expect. Like, I, there was a very strange way to announce a game, yeah. and they wanted to talk about, like, what makes it different, so I get that, but... At the same time, this feels like a real non-announcement announcement. Kind of, kind of. Especially when you're not just going to call it GT7. Like, you're kind of going out of your way to differentiate it. Yeah. Is that just because you think that it starts to get ridiculous when the numbers get that high? Or Probably. Is there yeah. something about this game that is sporty? Or, or maybe they're starting to think about it as, like, you know, a service. And, hey, let's stop making numbered sequels because yeah. that's a weird way to make games now. And, and there's a different way to make games now. And, you know, if you see them, if you take them talking about the next hundred years of racing at face value, then they're building a platform that can be updated. Mm. But they didn't say any of that, so I, that's just me speculating. Yeah. But I, I could would, see that approach. I would buy that. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, they say they're going to do a beta test early next year, so yeah. we'll see then. But I, that feel, at least I feel like at some point they should have said the this is a PlayStation Four game that will look like. Here's what the car yes, looks like. That would have been nice. Uh, you know, at least the timing of the beta gives you some confidence that it won't be yeah. seven years from now when it comes out. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we shall see. Lastly, there's a new Quantic Dream. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped something. Dan's not here, though. I want to talk about Wild, but he went to the bathroom. Let's wait for yeah, him to okay. get back. Yeah. There's a new Quantic Dream game. It's called Detroit. Yeah. Which is Detroit, pretty- beyond human. <laughs> not- or become human. Become, become human. human, yes. Sorry. If you had asked me what the name of the next Quantic Dream game would have been... Isn't that just a Windows code name for like a build of Windows? Maybe so, yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Didn't they do a Detroit at some point? They may very well have done that. Uh, That looks interesting, although I will absolutely echo what you said on the stream. It looks interesting, and then you remember who's making it. Yeah, I'm not a big Quantic Dream fan. I think that they're they're achieving really 
fascinating things yes. around yes. storytelling and games. Yes. I was very, you know, with, with varying levels of success yeah, totally, in terms of totally. the individual products, but at least they're kind of doing something. I was very taken with Heavy Rain because of what it did and what it tried to do. Yeah, but but it, even it, it wasn't it fully successful. It does not fully succeed at what yeah. it's trying to do. So this is, you know, they had that tech demo with the Android kind of showing off facial animation and yeah. motion and stuff like that that they did a while back, and and this is turning that into a game, uh, and it. That thing looks just like it is going to be this big allegory for racism mm. in a modern, in a in a postmodern futuristic context. Yeah, of like, I mean, like that game looks like it is just about androids and what and what rights does artificial life sure, have? Sure, like there's literally a part of that trailer where a bunch of androids file into the back of a train car. Yeah, like you just look at it and go like, oh, okay, you're okay. You're just telling your fucking racism stories, yeah. but with white well, robots. There, there's an element of class to it as well, because they're treated as literal machinery or as, right. as, as, like as a service class. Yes. Uh, Slaves. Just say uh, it. Well, that's not really what I meant. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, that will be the story, right? Yeah. Uh, you, could, you could absolutely write an interesting story around that totally, concept. Totally. Yes, absolutely. So, can David Cage do it? Mm. Mm. Dan, what do you think? I liked Heavy Rain. Yeah. And Indigo <laughs> Prophecy was all right. Oh, right. They did make that. God, yeah. That was a long time ago. So people do like that game. <laughs> it's all right, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a good, you know, it's a good old classic sci-fi concept to hang your hat on. Yes. We'll see, we'll see where they I go like with the it. I like the idea of the androids walking up to a temporary android parking thing uh, right. and just standing there blinking. That was kind of a <laughs> weird, creepy image for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, you know, one, one of the best episodes of Star Trek revolves around... The Offspring? No. The one with Data's kid? Measure of a Man is the one I'm talking about. The one that's basically a courtroom drama. Oh, uh, yeah. About, about the whether, truth! About whether androids... Oh, that, that's the Data uh, one. Oh. Should, ...should be treated with the same rights Yeah, as, where the, the guy wants to take Data apart and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a like, good one. Yeah, I mean, that episode is a... a you know... I thought that was a, the one There's where, a great message of equality in that thing, because yeah. like they established, like... If a machine should be afforded the same dignity and respect as yeah. everything else, then like fucking, of course, everybody else should be. You know? As opposed like, to the rest of Star like Trek, it, which is all really racist, it, it becomes oh, very yeah. sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the one time they did the rough there for sure. The card was like, really cool. Talking that one. shit uh, about Ferengi all the time, right? Well, those guys are creeps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. It's like, no, you're one of the good Ferengi. <laughs> There's only like Quark. Yeah, Quark's all right. I Rom's guess. not bad. I guess. Uh, wild was the last thing. Dan, I'd held wild for you. Oh man, that uh, looked so good. I guess that that had been announced. Well, before. they showed Horizon until dawn. Well, uh, yeah, you know, the, but, the, but it was the, something you had seen at E3. Yeah, it was, it was the E3 you know, demo. There, there's so. some other little bits and pieces there. Need, need I, to see some of that stuff. I don't but. think I had seen that Horizon demo, but that yeah. does look really, really cool. It was it was it the does. demo they showed just to like press at E3. Okay. Same same stuff. Cool. Pausing it and spinning the camera around. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Uh, wild, yeah. Michelle oh. Ancel's game. Yeah, not uh, which, not not a Ubisoft game. Right. They're doing Wild Sheep is the name of the studio exclusively for Sony yeah. uh, as an independent studio. There so were be, several things that happened in that video and each one just sequentially got cooler and cooler. I know. I think. Yep. <laughs> I'd st- I'm still not 100% clear. Like, is it an adventure game? Like, is there's a pu- are those puzzles? Like, what? how is that treated in, in the framework I mean, the, of a video game? the way game? the demo rolls out is just like, hey, this woman got bitten by a snake. You're a shaman. Help. Yeah, yeah figure it out. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, I got my bird friend here. I'm yeah. going to just control the bird and then make this bird pick up a snake. And then me and this bird... Who is holding a snake? We're gonna walk over this way. Yeah. If you want to go, 
<laughs> and then if a you bear wanna... is going to show up. I'm going to I'm gonna jump on this fucking yep. bear. If you want to cure the woman who's poisoned, ride your bear to the cannibal party with summon, your snake holding summon, a hawk. Yeah, and then summon the 50-foot-tall <laughs> snake goddess. Well, you, first, first you had to get a rabbit and then run a rabbit right. through there for a while. Okay. Rabbit stealth rabbit into the stealth. cannibal party. Yeah. Use the rabbit to summon the crows. Yes, the crows. Yeah. Use the rabbit to summon the crows. The so crows, the crows attack, attack the cannibals. The cannibals. And then you ride your bear through the cannibals uh, to where the, the staging platform is. You you have your bird drop the snake on it. And then a giant fucking snake lady shows up and <laughs> says, what are you trying to do? Uh, I need an antidote. That's crazy. And then boom, wild. <laughs> oh, God. Man, so good. It, yeah, that really looks like something. So basically, <laughs> something is all I can think of to say about it. Because fuck, what is that? Zero chance of Beyond Good and Evil 2 at this point? Probably. I, well... So I, I don't know if this was clear, but he has split off and formed a new studio. Uh, okay. But then my understanding was that he did that and is also still maintaining some position with Ubisoft. That was the last I heard. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. I, I mean, they had that trailer like three years Dude, ago. No, it was, it was way more than that. It was like it was, it was like ago. six or seven, right? Yeah. Didn't they show it was a concept very art? fucking long time since BG and E2 footage or a trailer of any kind came out i want to say didn't they have like a concept art and announcement like six or seven years ago and then everyone thought it was dead and they put out that teaser of the pig by the CGI road i think yes. yeah but i feel like that was like four years ago i thought the that pig? teaser yeah. thing no, that was, was definitely official i'm pretty sure okay. that i'm pretty sure that was an official release huh i i don't know that's that been so long seemed like even when they were announcing it and showing things it seemed a little tenuous yeah and beyond yeah. and evil was not a huge hit no from what i recall definitely so. not. A, a cult hit it's, uh, it's, a, yeah, good, it's a good game it's yeah. beloved for sure but yeah i don't think it had the critical mass a great zelda need. game yeah it, it holds up too i never played it when it first came out but i did the hd one that came out a few years ago yeah. and it holds up now yeah i don't know it's fun i, I would not no no i'm talking about the new one. Oh I would, yeah i would yeah. not wager money on seeing that yeah. game was announced in 2008 Wow, yeah. See, I, and see. I feel like Damn. a trailer came out within the last five years or so. Yeah, I think it was more recent. Than uh, like. on tw- in 2011, Ansel said that the publisher was waiting for the next generation of consoles to get the power needed to deliver the experience Here we are. from the game. Mm. Here we are. Well, now he's making a different now game. Now he's making a totally different game. On those consoles. So, yeah, yeah, consoles. You know. You know. Uh, if I had, I, I don't think this game's ever going to happen. Yeah. I, I don't think it nah. necessarily needs to. Uh, yeah. for, for as much as like I even enjoyed that game, uh, I just it never seemed like something that would happen. I remember yeah. going to the Ubisoft press conference at E3 every year and going, like, "So Beyond Good and Evil Two with this one," and having just like PR people go, like, "Well, you know, uh, yeah." Like even before the press conference started, they right. were just willing to like write that one off for you. <laughs> like, yeah, they're not, yeah. Yeah, that's not something that's in active development that they then decided to not show. Sure. It's like this, this no, the thing you're asking about doesn't exist yeah. is more or less what I took from their response. I mean, it definitely seems like Ansel is putting his full attention in the wild. Yeah. You know, he was on stage there to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like everything about his new studio, like from the messaging they put out, it kind of made it sound like he was in some kind of consulting role with Ubisoft still. But yeah, it, you yeah. cannot imagine he could be making two full yeah. Like fully fledged video games at two different companies, right? Right, now. Like, but also crazy. if you look at the way Ubisoft is producing games, the types of games they are producing, there's no scenario where Beyond Good and Evil Two is a full production, mm-hmm. big budget product. Yeah, if they have some towers to climb, that's all you got. That's do. right, pigs yeah. climbing towers. <laughs> this lady needs to climb this tower, and then when you're up there, you can take some pictures of the side objectives you need to climb down and accomplish. Yeah, yeah. No, Beyond Good and Evil was a good Legend of Zelda game. 
That was and, fun. You could, and you could take with a little bit of Pokemon Snap thrown in there for good measure. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. It's an idea with legs, but you think it's time to let go? Yeah. All right. Done. Consider it done. Um. Not a lot else happened this week. I put this Destiny story in here, but judging by your violent reaction to the last time we talked about just, Destiny. Just read me the sentence. What's the <laughs> sentence of the story? Is it just the Halloween stuff? No, we, no, no. We no. It's, it's, the, it's the big, the gigantic uh, story that Jason Trier published on Kotaku last week. Oh, uh, yeah. About, yeah. like, this, he supposedly spent 13 months researching this with a bunch of current and former Bungie employees. Um, yeah. About the mess of that game's development and why it turned out the way it did. That seems like poor management all the way around if you don't know where the story's going to be yeah. until they come to you and it's almost done so, yes, and you get the, so upset about it. And I had heard bits and pieces of this stuff prior to the story going up, so it seems fairly valid in my limited view. But Yeah, I mean, we've, we've but, heard from bungee people here and there over the years yeah. uh, about various things going on with that game. Yeah, uh, but the, the focal point of the, the madness that occurred is that, according to the story... The story group kind of worked in secret for a very, very long time. This is like, well, they were still part of Microsoft, right? I mean, was no, this, this post-Microsoft? So. Yeah, no, because they couldn't have been working on Destiny. They couldn't have taken that work with them. Well, most, that, most likely. that poster is in ODST, oh, yeah. right? Or is yeah. it ODST? Or which, which I think it's ODST. It is, it, it is ODST where the, the Destiny the, poster shows Destiny is coming. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. The Traveler, rather. Yeah. yeah. But I would assume any, like, material work they did in terms of, sure. like, attack and assets and stuff had to stay behind. But, uh... At any rate, like the the story group, according to the story, worked on the story without really communicating to the rest of the company what it was going to be until like way late in the process. While other people were making other parts of this right. game, like, or yes, yeah. yes, while yeah. missions were being built, like story like flow was was being set into place, like kinda everything else was being built at the same time, and then the story was presented to the studio management who did not like it at all. Shut it down. Moved yeah. the story group off of story. <laughs> like the word ostracized is used like that. Yeah. Like they basically moving the story group off of story sounds <laughs> like we would fire you if you weren't a co-founder. Oh, dude, there are some amazing quotes in this thing. I w- it's a huge story. It would take me a second to scroll through and find some of them. But I remember like in the wake of this, this kind of shift in how the story was being handled. Like one of the quotes is something to the effect of like the story was written without writers because they scrapped practically everything that was done up to that point, kind of kept like the character models and some real basic stuff about it yeah. and tried to cobble a different story together in like 12 to 18 months. <laughs> Which is and, why Destiny always felt super disappointed. Yeah, no, yeah. Everything you, about the you story. Can, you can see that just from playing Destiny. Yeah. The other game like that recently was Syndicate. Which was like five hours long, but you could tell there's like two, a third of that game got cut out, and the story just takes a big jump. It does. Yeah. yeah. You should, you should keep playing Metal Gear. The former story guys are now working at Bungie's health clubs. Mm, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Pachinko parlors yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, it was yeah, fascinating. Everything, everything about this story is is in in the interest of explaining how the shipping game turned out the way it did. So yeah. like the story stuff is a huge part of it. There's some really eye-opening stuff about the way their tools work in here and how mm. hard it is to supposedly make levels. I've I've heard bad things about their pipeline of getting content into that I game. I mean, there are crazy things in here about, like, like if you wanted to make a change to an existing map, you would have to open it before you left the office at night because it takes, like, eight hours to open in the editor. And you'd come in the next morning hoping it didn't error out in the middle of that process to make your five-minute tweak and then have to spend yeah. another 20 minutes exporting it again. Just, just like insane content creation stuff uh, that that would have gotten in the way. Like there's some really specific detail in here about like 
who characters were in the original version of the story versus who they became in the shipping version, like entire new patrol areas that didn't make it into the game. Like the fact that the dreadnought that's in the taken King was supposed to be in the base game and got moved to the DLC stuff that was supposed to be in the taken King got moved off into the, some indeterminate point in the future. It's crazy. Uh, If you are into destiny, you should absolutely read this story. It's, It's, it's really, you know, it's, it's, kind of a testament to the people that are there that they've managed to get destiny to where it is today, oh, yeah. where you yeah. there are positive things to say about it i mean you know it's certainly not the first game that had a troubled development cycle a lot from my understanding most games do sure but this seems like it's just on a scale and on a level that you don't necessarily hear about that often yeah uh yeah they were making a lot of positive strides but uh a lot of teases in here about what might be in future content I wonder, like, if they'll have the opportunity, like, you know, if you think about, like, the team that's there in place now, like, like, really, you know, this, they're fixing a car that's in motion, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, the, the game is launched. The game has people playing it. Any change they make is is something that affects a live player base now. Yeah. How much can they change? Especially a live player base that is now starting to put small amounts of money in piecemeal yep. yeah. here and there. Um, there's a lot of interesting tidbits in here. Like, the, the narrative that people kept referring to about, like... Like, oh, just like Diablo, here is another loot game that launched to a lot of, like, really intense reproach, and then they fixed it midstream. Yeah. Like, according to the story, the brass from the Diablo team literally went to Bungie sometime <laughs> in the said, last here, year. Here's what we did. And literally said, here's, how here's, we did it. here's what we did. Like, yeah. like made a presentation about here's how we fixed our loot and stuff. Yeah. Uh, which sounds like it was very instructive for those guys. That seems like, uh, you know, it's such a major change that they would tie that to a, you know, release of a Destiny 2 well, this is this is regarding stuff that's in the game now that, oh. that rolled out as part of the the two point patch. See, I, I would I would look at what they're where they are now as an interim thing for. Oh, like, I hope let's so. get I shipping Destiny so. into a game that people can feel positive about, yep. and then we'll really tear this fucking thing apart and put it back together for yeah. next. You know, for I guess this next September. Don't don't get me wrong. That game has nowhere near reached its potential. It's just playable now. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty good game now. Uh, but it still could go a lot further. Uh, the last big takeaway is that they, according to this, uh, Bungie came up with the idea about the microtransactions and pitched it to Activision, not the other way around, hmm. as as you might assume. Uh, but that because their old DLC uh, schedule was so rigorous, they basically pitched that as a way to defer those next two DLC releases. Like they would have put out more DLC after the Taken King, and they are pushing those off with the microtransactions. Yeah, so, their, their their contract is like they have to do five things yeah, a like year the, or something the, like that. The contract stipulated here's like here's your DLC release schedule, and but because, the game was because so, they were having a hard time hitting those, it's milestones. a way for them to get the money for Microsoft without producing piecemeal content and lets them focus on September for Activision. You mean for Bungie? I mean, you know, it's it's a way to kind of get Activision to say like yes to to leave them alone. Yes, that's what it is. It was in, in, instead of having instead to instead of having to produce these two little piecemeal DLC because there's you know like they they say in here like the Dark Below was supposedly made in nine weeks because they were like their pipeline was so crappy and they yeah, were having such it fucking you know, shows. Yeah, I know. I mean, nobody's arguing with that. That's yeah. not, that is not in dispute here. But the hearing about the mechanics of what went on behind the scenes and like what to expect in the future. Uh, based on the changes they're making is uh yeah and the things with tools are you can't just like you can overhaul them but that is a big big project yeah, you've, you've been there you've yeah. seen that stuff up close uh yeah it's it's interesting but i mean i've never seen anything quite like as bad as what it sounds like in that story yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. We were hearing stories from people, you know. We've said it before, where it's like stories about just like a, you know the entire renderer is getting replaced, and you know just like large parts of the graphics engine and all this other stuff are just getting chopped and replaced, right? Like a year before release, and you know like the amount of work that had to go into that, and then making all the content work with that, and you know it just sounds like so many different parts of this thing got cobbled together. Yes. Uh, for a game that was in, you know, the, you know, quote unquote, in development for such a long time, it sure seems like a lot of it got fucking hastily created and put in near the end, just because of the, the way the contracts were written, because of what they, the the dates they had to hit, yeah. all this other stuff. So, yeah. it is amazing that that game is where it is today. <laughs> sure. In that context, I mean, you know, to the to the consumer, to the you know people out there playing games, and buying games, and spending real money on real video games, like that's you know, who oh, cares? it's, it's who immaterial. Cares? Yeah. yeah, it's not a, it's not an excuse, but it is from a just a curiosity standpoint. Absolutely, it's fun to know. It's, yeah. it's fun to know why these things turn out the way they do. Yeah. But but I I largely bring this story up in the context of that Halloween event because if this story is accurate and they aren't going to be putting out more paid DLC for a very long time, man. That's why looking at the Halloween thing, I'm like, that's not like that's not good a, a, a great addition to that game. If if like that. if if paid content is still coming out at a regular clip, then that stuff is fine. But if that's all you have to sustain the game for the next twelve months or, or whatever, if, like, like emotes ooh. are supposed to support some kind of live team, and yeah. this is the sort of thing we can expect from a live team. I mean, this is their first swing at it, right? Yeah, so, uh, you yes, know, like yes. maybe the next time they do an event, it'll be something more meaningful. But, I hope so. Well, I mean, that game doesn't have to worry about subscribers at least. Something like WoW, where they have you know they're probably gonna have a year between the last content patch and the next expansion that is significant amounts of money they're yeah. losing but they people. have to make sure that people feel good about destiny going sure, into uh, yeah. next september sure you know, like when, when they you know when they release a full-fledged i'm not saying it's thing. bad to, i'm not saying it's yeah. good well, to not have any I content mean, it, but you're, you're not wrong but i mean in terms of their obligation to the consumer the main priority is make them feel like the taken king was worth yes the money. they need to they need to like people need to have good vibes about destiny to then go pre-order destiny 2 or whatever it ends right up being called, yeah, like you luke know? smith when we had him on at e3 was saying like you know we've come to terms with the fact that people will leave our game we just want them to leave happy right but for me and having them leave happy is the thing that gets them to then come back when there's a big new it's, content it's true like if I, if I were in their shoes i would be a little worried about people forgetting about the game to some extent yeah. if they haven't played it in a year totally or whatever um and from my standpoint as a huge fan of destiny i would like more of it to play you know like i would yeah. like to keep playing it but i ran out of stuff and you guys tried uh, the old republic lately no, no that no. expansion just hit today i think been seeing a lot of good stuff about that game lately it's the first i think it's the first time they added like a big chunk of story to it. oh good and I like, yeah i think it's stuff that might even tie into new star wars stuff a little bit or, or some some how. facet of I've, I've just heard nothing. I've been reading a lot of articles about the game, and it's apparently... T- I, last time I played it was a couple of years ago. Apparently, it seems like since they went free-to-play, it's been like popular, and, and the people have been digging it. Yeah, uh, all that... The free-to-play stuff seems so... The, the limitations are so great at that point. Not yeah. to get off on MMO talk, but uh, that, I'm just curious. I mean, because I've heard a, a lot of really good things about it lately. I'm not playing WoW. Not really playing Destiny anymore. You are, you are an MMO-playing fool, man. I... It is really impressive you need something to, to do while you watch all that tv <laughs> exactly that's what i I've, that's since i saw it playing well i haven't watched any tv at all it's yeah. kind of like a wonderful now i read books okay cool that's just a waste of time what are you doing like you you actually strike me as the closest thing or the closest i know to that proverbial person that just flows from one mmo to the next you know uh, i've dabbled in other things i played rift for a bit and uh and a few other things but i haven't really 
even you know I tried tried Wildstar, which was not the best experience in the world. And I know people like Final Fantasy fourteen a lot, but I I I play other things for about a month and I go back to Wild. Yeah, time, so it's always there in the background. Yes, it's nice to have a game just hanging around. It is calling nice. your name. It's nice. It's nice. I'm really curious where that arc of subscribers is going to go because they're down pretty far from their peak, and everybody's like, game's got another couple years in it, or yeah. blah blah blah. We shall see. All right, that's it for news. Let's read some emails. Bombcast at giantbomb.com. All right. First email comes in from Jesse in Texas. At the beginning of the year, our telecommunications professor alluded to us having a special assignment after midterms. Well, he just revealed to us that it will be us being required to create characters and participate in a biweekly class meeting in Second Life. I was worried that that's where this was going to go. <laughs> As a way to explore, quote, the future of education. Wait, what? <laughs> His teacher is referring to Second Life as the future of education. Send him the link to that CNET press conference they did with that. Yeah, meeting. right. Jeez. On top of the weekly meetings, we're being asked to explore the virtual wasteland and make friends with users who are not a part of our class and hold at least five conversations in which we ask them questions about their time with Second Life. It'll be worth about a quarter of our final grade, uh, and we'll receive extra credit if we find someone who makes money by making content for the game and give them a separate interview in addition to the previous five. Should I just drop out? That sounds like a mm. professor who is just slightly over the uh, lashed on to something that I thought was really neat. It's like behind the curve. Doesn't really realize that there's no like, The last time we did Second Life, I think. Just man, nothing. avatars, man. That's true. You got to be your avatar. Virtual space. Like I assume, try that with Eve. Made a Law and Order episode about it and everything. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, the last time that Vinny fired up Second Life on a stream, I would say it was pretty fucking eye opening. <laughs> I learned a lot. <laughs> I certainly did about ourselves, about life, the human condition. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, it's that a good, is a uh, documentary about Second. There's a couple of good. Yeah, documentary. It's about the people mm. that play it. It's on uh, Netflix. Yeah, I love stuff like that. I should watch that. What's the what's it called? I can't remember. That sounds okay. chilling. It's yeah. There are parts of it where you're like, oh. Okay. Is it like I, I watched a couple documentaries on LARPing? Would it be kind of those types? No, this is really you know the, some of these stories are about people meeting on Second Life oh. and then deciding to meet in real life. Oh, okay. And how that went? Murder, suicide. Huh. None of those. <laughs> no, no creepy. At least in this documentary, <laughs> no creepy sex dungeons involved. Oh. <laughs> well, it mm. depends on your definition of creepy. I guess. No, okay. no, no dungeons, but. I think Second Life seems like the kind of game that is best inhabited by people who really want to be there, and assigning people to it seems like it yeah. is probably going to lead to a lot of real bi- big confusion if you don't know what you're getting into. But, hey, better that than, I don't know, what do you do in telecommunica- telecommunications otherwise? Like, figure out how to set up satellite dishes or something? Yeah, Skype. Sure so, yeah. <laughs> yes, you become a satellite installer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's... Like, all right, you got a satellite dish on your roof, now you can Skype. <laughs> that's exactly what it's there Put for. Put the Skype dish up on, on there. Uh, I give him credit for thinking outside the box, but that sounds yeah, like it'd be horrifying. Yeah. yeah. Google Hangouts replaced the second one. Yeah. Those oh, work pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty effective. Uh, Nate from Columbus. He doesn't say which one. It will remain a mystery. Oh, man. Uh, hello, Bomb Crew. Have any of you ever beaten the game The Adventures of Bayou Billy? It's become something of a legend in my family. My father, brothers, and various relatives have all tried their hand at this fucking thing, and no one has come out victorious. Hook up a light gun to port two. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, To catch up any listeners, this is an NES game uh, jam-packed with bullshit, like a handful of fuck-you-hard driving levels, 
shitty light gun sections, and two invincible robots that come out and murder you after the final boss fight. <laughs> Sounds cool. Uh, also, if all this wasn't enough, everything's covered in the trappings of a shameless crocodile Dundee ripoff. Uh, have any of you beaten this thing? Are you aware of anyone who has beaten this game legitimately? If so, how is it done? I guess not. I remember renting by yeah. you, Billy, yeah, once and same. thinking, this game is shitty. That's well, it. Yeah, I re- like. I don't know if do you guys remember like the the, the lead up to that game and Nintendo yeah, Power the was, hype because yes, like, there was a lot of like it was presented as like this impressive, amazing things like right. it's so many different games right. all in it one. Was, it was very much it was the diehard like trilogy a, yeah. of its day. It was very much like a, this is three games in one. It's like it's Double Dragon. You can beat guys up, but then you can there's driving. You get in a jeep and then you it's, pull out your light gun and you shoot guys. That's where like, Medium Molecule got the idea for dreams. Yeah, pretty yeah. much, pretty much. You can do anything in Bayou Billy. <laughs> yeah, I was super excited for that. Put game. down trees. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, doors. I was, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> anything. <laughs> it very much looked like, like, oh, that's the last game you'll ever need. Like, that has everything in it. I, I thought that about like? the first time I read previews of Mario Party. Because it'd be like, it's 60 games in one. Oh, God. And I remember, like, using that as a selling point to get my mom to get it for me for Christmas. Be like, Mom, this is great. You give me this. It's like $60. It's like you're getting me 60 games. Like you won't have to buy me another video game ever again. Yeah. That's how I sold it. Man, that worked. I think I got it. And then how I long got after it that were you going like, we need to get another game? I believe I'm still playing Mario Party games. That's impossible. <laughs> who would do that? Idiots. Yeah. People who hate themselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bayou Billy is just fuck off hard. Yeah. And no, I don't remember ever getting past like the third I level. Don't, yeah, I don't remember ever putting any real effort into it because yeah. I remember just thinking it was shit. It's it's so crazy. I think it's one of those games I rented when I was like six and I just I mean, put it, it in. That might be a good old this? game show yeah. game. Oh, yeah. You know, we get back to that probably. Okay. Oh, yeah. Dude, like, that's like the like for this concept of that show in particular. Just that's like, the let's ultimate get game. to the end of that thing and see what happens. Yeah. Let's just cheat our way through it. Because who could ever do it before? Nobody. Yeah, we'll put that on the list. I've been, I've been building the yeah. list. We'll probably, it, it might be January by the time we get back to that because of the way things have been going. Yeah. But, yes. Uh, but yeah. All right. Next email comes from Evan. Hi, Bombcast. Evan from Kansas City. This is important. <laughs> Hearing about Tony Hawk 5 got me nostalgic for the 90s. Do you think it's time for a fourth wave of ska? Thank you. Yes. P.S. I kind of like Smash Mouth. Yes. No. <laughs> That was weird. Yes, but not for not for that guy. Okay, Is Smash Smash Mouth Scott. No, no, no. I don't know what Smash Mouth is. They're all stars. I don't have an answer for you. Think about how much money the, that fucker made for that song. That just every time fucker. it plays in an arena, another hundred dollar check just flows through his front door, and that happens like a thousand times a year. <sighs> the, the blessed life. Yeah, it's totally. a catchy song. Sure. Well, all star is a catchy oh, song. All star. What what did they have? What were their Walking on the Sun? I was going yeah. to say like what how many genuine hits did they have? Just they those did two? a cover of that song Why Can't We Be Friends? Yes, right. Fuck. Didn't they do I'm a Believer for the Austin Powers song? Sure, soundtrack? probably. Jesus Christ. They probably did that. Yeah. Smash, yeah. It seems like something Smash Mouth would have done. <laughs> Smash, I think Smash they did. Mouth is more and more prolific the more we talk <laughs> about it. Fuck. The power spreads. Uh. Uh, when did the first Tony Hawk come out? Yeah, something like that. I'm trying to think of, I guess I guess I would have been exposed to ska before that. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I was. But, yeah, but I mean, that was that thing really reinforced it. Like he's not wrong. Like oh sure, yeah, some of the, some of the stuff of the on that soundtrack punk kind of thing that yeah. happened around. There's no doubt. Definitely. I thought really. Yeah, I guess there was yeah. kind of a whole pop cultural thing going. A on wave, there. if you will. Yes. Yes. Was that the third wave of ska? Yeah. When were the, I believe so. When, yeah. when did Scott? When was the first wave? First wave is like the old original. 
kind of stuff. And then second mm. second wave is like madness and stuff like that. Mm. I, it's, I, my ska history is not what it, yeah. what it should be. Yeah, so so it's third, we'll get like, Eric Pope onto this yes, podcast. He would know. And so, have him walk us through a lifetime of ska. Is the third like a milestone <laughs> My life with stuff. ska. Yeah, that, I, think I just remember a period that. Yeah, but like you know, when No Doubt got big, and there was a lot of other. I mean, you know, when they got big, the first thing they did is get rid of their horn section and kind of not be a ska band. Yeah, anymore. that's true. And so, like Spiderwebs was not ska because like that's the first I'd ever heard of No Doubt was Spiderwebs. So they were ska before that. They had a bit more of a ska upstrokey kind of tone yeah. to their okay. music. That's, that song has brass in it. Doesn't it does. It? Yeah, uh, but it's not necessarily. All right. Here are the ska waves if you want to hear. Oh, yes. man. Well, all right. Hit me. The original Jamaican scene of the 1960s. Yes. Was oh, the first wow. Wave. Well, that goes way back. Okay. Yes. The English two tone ska revival of the late 70s was the second wave. Mm-hmm. And the third wave ska movement started in the 1980s and rose to popularity in the U.S. in the 1990s. Huh, okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Guess, yeah. All right. So I am, I am like multiple generations of ska removed from the source, but I'm sure this is fun, man. It is. Like a lot of people are super annoyed by it, like it's polka or something, but it's yeah. fine. Ska's fun. I'm not saying like let's go skank. Yeah, for the sure. love of fucking god. Sure, I wouldn't even know how. Is no, Blink 182 ska? Nah, that was okay. more just kind of no. pop punk. Yeah, they were they were pop punk. Man. Okay, I remember my friend had a Blink 182 shirt and it said it was a rabbit skanking, and that's what I learned what skanking was. So I associated skanking with Blink 182. Ah, uh, you know, I'm sure they were influenced by some ska. They, you know, they played shows out here in that time frame, so okay. it, it was all the whole scene was kind of caught up in yeah you guys i mean this was stuff. like a hot dead of that stuff here right yeah yeah and, oh man and, i mean southern california the, the, yeah. all the bands coming out of there had that sound and, yeah you know when like, i lived like, in irvine and obsidian was right across the street from this big ass concert venue down south and right outside of irvine the longest backup i've ever seen on the freeway was for green noah for a no doubt concert there's like one turn yeah. off you got to go past the water park to get to five miles long all the way i went home all the the whole five miles was all people in the the, the right turn lane trying to get yeah. off. Well, they're, they're I was from yelling. Orange County, so they're yeah, down yeah, there. exactly. But I was yelling, just go past it and go down to the next exit and turn around. You'll be there and like, ah, drove me nuts. Hmm. You don't have to wait for that turn off. You can the, go down. And turn. Uh, yeah, so Sorry. version of that anecdote. in Kansas in that time period was Alan Jackson and Martina McBride. Yeah, those are Scottish. Joe Diffie. <laughs> <Definitely. Yeah. laughs> I'm saying like the thing in the area. Yeah, that Alan, was big Alan, and Alan like, Jackson loves to skank. Yeah, Chattahoochee. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> In that ten gallon hat, so yeah. Lead, lead singer skanking pickle for a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not many people know that. Uh, next email comes in from Aaron. Mobile games have been integrating real money currency for a while now, but over the past year or so, we've seen triple A games release on the PC that have also uh, included these currencies. Uh, two examples that come to mind are Mortal Kombat 10 and Metal Gear Solid 5. I have I... virtually PC games though. And Mortal yeah, Kombat doesn't include like currency in the way that you're, I mean it has microtransactions, but it's not you don't you don't buy you don't buy coins. Yeah, you don't buy coins. Oh, that's right. You just buy a, a flat unlock yeah. for that game, right? So that's maybe like not, not it the has best earnable example. coins. But that Mortal Kombat had earnable coins before mobile games had existed. Right. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. But MGS that does sell straight up currency that yep. you then spend on. Yes. Anyway. Uh, if I remember correctly, in both cases, Jeff has talked about using Cheat Engine to cheat in uh, the money and not pay for his MB coins or whatever. I think he might be mistaken about that. I have not I played the PC version of Metal Gear. But I will, I will but continue I would certainly email. not feel bad about doing that. Okay, well, that's his question. Do you think this could be considered piracy, considering that those coins are quote-unquote content that you're supposed to purchase? 
Uh, even though those real money currencies are awful and bad, is it still morally wrong to hack those in in the sense that you're acquiring content through unintended and illegitimate means where the end user does not have to pay developers for their work. Not when your game is as fucked up as MGS5 Online is. Yeah, you that. have been running into the crazy ongoing saga of that game's evolution. Yep. Uh, I've, I've learned to not play when the server's offline, but that didn't help at all when they took all of my vehicles and all my guns and made there's like two on the mother base and like 40 on the FOB that I can't sell at all. I guess I have to sell out on my mother base and have them transfer some over from the FOB. But basically, I spent you know hundreds, hundreds of thousands of GMP to fulton this stuff out of there, and I just have nothing to do with them because I don't use vehicles during missions except for a tank every once in a while. I want to sell them, but they're all on my FOB, and I just can't get to them. Sorry. So I don't have any moral quandary about hacking some MBs in there so I can build my next FOB or something like that. Because mm. the, the number, I, bet, I don't. I wonder if you would be able to build an entire FOB and and actually hack your number of MB coins because that would be stuff they could store server side. Sure. Probably. Uh, I haven't it, tried. It's, it's really, it's stuff like... Um, I've seen more people trying to... Speed hacking to get around the build timers uh, uh, instead of like paying to finish now. I've and, seen a lot of people talk about like cheat coding in a million tanks and just selling all those to get rid of the GMP problems. Right, but I haven't yeah. tried any MB stuff. Because the amount of MB you need for that second FOB is pretty high. It's like 2,000 or so. It's like 1,000, yeah, and I have yeah. like 300 at this point, so I right. doubt I'll ever make it. But uh, I would not feel too morally terrible. If it was more cheating to get something that let you have an advantage in multiplayer, I'd feel pretty crazy about that. But MGS5 online is fucked up enough to make me not feel too guilty about doing whatever and say fuck you to the developers. I mean, I, you know, I hacked my way into a zillion Mortal Kombat coins instead of paying the $10 or whatever it was to unlock everything. Um, they let you do it. Oh, no, I mean, they, if they, they should cheat protect their games if, right. if, you know, if they right. want to protect their microtransactions. Or, or even even tie that stuff up through some kind of server thing. Or, like, like yeah, it, I yes, guess exactly. Tie it to a server. And, and Like it needs to be on them to protect the... Yeah. I hate to use the word sanctity, but, you know, like kind of... Yeah, if they care about their economy and that stuff, there are ways for them to protect it against the kind of more common cheat engine style hacks right um, yeah i mean there's plenty of games that are i guess probably the, the protecting that stuff would probably require you to be online all the way all, all the time right I assume, yeah i mean so. yeah which would be a bummer in its own yeah. way and you know there's yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff right like that that gets back to the nature of ownership of games versus what the end user license agreement says you are doing when you buy a game yes uh, and who owns it? Can you mod it? All that other stuff. You know, this, I think this just gets into can you mod the games you own? And the answer has kind of largely been yes, uh, at least on the PC. Like legally, right? That's kind of well. There's a lot of different situations. Like the people who run WoW vanilla servers because WoW has been patched so much since vanilla, and you don't have to log. You don't have to pay a subscription to get on these pirate WoW servers. But it's also always sounds like a nightmare to play on there because everybody has like level 100 and does 100,000 damage to anything they hit once and that kind of stuff. So Sounds all right. Um, yeah. I ran a private Fantasy Star online server on my PC for a while just for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you could keep playing it? So I could keep playing Blue Burst. That's pretty good. And got on and, yeah, I modified the drop tables so that sure. it dropped spread needles and all this other stuff that I used to have to use a Game, sh- uh, game, game, Genie, game Shark to get to on the Dreamcast. Uh, but I was able to just make it so the starting monsters drop the high-end armor that I want. And, sure. And a hell of XP, and that, that was fun to fuck around with. Yeah. But I would say the the uh, the thought of getting banned from Steam is way more terrifying to me than any kind of moral, I'm going to get more MBs and I deserve kind of question. I do not want a vac ban or whatever they, they use to get you off of Steam. So I just don't know if 
I mean, I don't think Metal Gear is a vac-protected game. I, I doubt so. it. But then I don't want to go to the effort of right. even trying to do it because I don't care that much. Yeah. Like I, if it was a button I could hit on my computer and get like a million MB coins, maybe I'd do it. But uh, if it's an, a program I have to download from some sketchy RU domain. I'm Cheat Engine is a legitimate piece of software. It's, it's, you know, I've never you, tried it. I will, I will grant you that the, the website sometimes looks a little janky. And also, like, a lot of the people in their message boards creating, like, tables of addresses to use with these games, mm-hmm. most of them are posting, like, this works on the Echelon release of 105, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're like, I didn't update for this for the patch because the pirates haven't released the patch update. Like, they are clearly not yeah. even paying for the games yeah. in some cases. But, uh, but that's you know that's neither here nor there. That's a separate issue. Sure. Um, and I don't often use other people's cheats because it's not that hard to just create them. I've never tried. I'll try it out sometime. It's kind of fun. Uh, does a vac ban just bar you from multiplayer? It does, right? I you can still play your. I think I know there is a type of ban that prevents you from even getting into any game you own. Like you literally cannot play any of yeah. the games yeah, you have. Can, bought. that is that is that is out of your fucking That's nuclear, the nuclear option. Yeah, holy crap, man! Uh, but I'm pretty sure there is this multiplayer stuff that yeah. you can't get around. Yeah, but. Uh, that was my understanding. All right, next email comes from Daniel, spelled differently, but I'm gonna hope that's how you say it hey guys long time listener here i was wondering if you have any thoughts on subterfuge for ios and android ah. i particularly like the game's messaging component which allows for developing alliances and backstabbing uh, are there any other games you've played that have a similar sort of mechanic i find that i'm paying more attention to my relationships with other players than the actual moves i'm making at any given time maybe a bit too much uh, I just downloaded it, actually, um, because a friend of mine uh, told me that it's like Neptune's Pride. I don't know if any of you guys played that. but I've heard of that name. It's one of those it similar is. things. It's uh, You can do it in browsers, or I think you can do it on phones, too, but it's played over the course of like weeks or whatever, and you're sending ships between these planets, and it'll take you know real-time five days or whatever to get there. Um, and yeah, it's backstabbing, creating alliances behind people's backs. Um, so yeah, I think what, this was kickstarted, right? Subterfuge? I don't know. I, I, so I, I concluded this email because you guys were talking about subterfuge in Slack the other day, and I, yeah, so it sounded intriguing, but I had no idea where it came from or what it was. Yeah, we, we've been talking about it. We haven't actually started one. I know Austin was interested. I am. Drew seemed a little interested, and a couple of friends from Game Informer. We might get a big game uh, going together. So uh, I'm uh, downloading it right now, and there is a submarine right there in the first screenshot. So I'm yeah. going to say it's like mm. naval in some way. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I believe it is. So I'm, I'm curious about it. I, I like the idea of games like that. Yeah. Jeff, had you? I thought I saw you talking about it the other day, but maybe no, I dreamed that up. No. Uh, yeah, these screenshots show like intelligence reports and like moving ships around, and you've got different specialists and stuff. I don't know. That sounds cool. Neptune Sprite was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. was yeah, that I mean, what format? Where was that? What platform? I mostly played that in a browser window oh, that okay. I would just keep open all the time because you could just tab over and be like, oh, okay, looks like I can actually, like, this ship is ready to deploy now. I can do that. And okay. then, like, for days it'll be doing that or whatever, that or eight fun. hours. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it was interesting when we did, uh, we did a game. So Except for then, like, I went on vacation, and I was gone for, like, three days and didn't check it. And it's like, oh, you just completely, like, got dropped out of the match. So, like, oh. a week or two's worth of progress. Like, now you're just not yeah. playing that game anymore. Like, oh, yeah. great. No, all, all right. right. <laughs> all right. Uh, next email comes in from Tegan entitled some new information for Jeff. I love new information. All right. I've got a surprise for you. The old information was better, but let's look at this as a supplement. Okay. So I was listening to an old episode where Jeff was insistent on the government, not taking away his pennies because he didn't like the idea of getting ripped off when doing a cash transaction. Yes. True. (laughs) True. I live in Canada where we eliminated the penny a while ago. Yeah. 
Canada. I just wanted to <laughs> let Jeff know that he can rest assured the last digit in a cash transaction is always rounded, so 50% of the time you're actually ripping the store off okay. by paying right. up to two cents less than you actually owe them. Mm. Also, our money is great because it looks like it was designed by a literal child. Our $5 bill has a spaceman on the back, <laughs> and we once had a 25-cent coin with a glow-in-the-dark dinosaur on it. They're Canadian spacemen? I, they have uh, a space program? Uh, uh, most of the, like, maybe Japan one. and uh, a lot of other countries send them over here to get launched up. Or Russia, I guess. But huh. so Canadian money sounds awesome, though. Yeah. That <laughs> sounds great. I've not seen much Canadian money, but... The people who get fucking upset about coins and like the possible shift to an all-coin kind of stuff are the, the funniest people around. <laughs> like, that's your hill you're going to die on. Like, it's too much like Europe. I have been to countries where all you get are coins, and it's fantastic. I don't want to deal with bills. What's, what's the big plus side of it? Uh, well, dollars, I believe, uh, bills uh, are wore out, wear out a lot more quickly than coins. Yeah, and they rip and stuff. Just save, is it just saving money on not having to produce money as much? I suppose. And also, coins are just kind of, you know, you can throw them in a pouch. You don't have to have a wallet. They're heavy, though. They're yeah. heavy. I don't mind, though. They kind of jingle around, you know? I, I feel like, you know, that's like Japan is a lot like, you know, it's sure. like that where, you know, they have the 100 yen, which is more or less a dollar. Yeah, in, in a way, five hundred yen coins. They have the thousand yen coins, I think, or do they? They Maybe may not. now. I don't know. The thousand yen was the. Uh, I feel like the lowest bill. I, I might be. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. Also, uh, counterfeiting is a lot. Apparently, a lot tougher for coins. Sure. Mm. Yeah, and I, I didn't mind the, except for the thing about in in Japan the the one yen coin is so light and flimsy. Yeah, it feels really like, feels like, it feels like fake money you got at the sure. dollar store. It feels like you can bend it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the one yen thing. I found one of those, and every time I go to the coin store, it's get my huge yep. thing. I always have yeah. some wino, random crap from Mexico or, or wherever. It's always they, we don't want this. Take it back. But I want an Amazon credit. <laughs> <laughs> I love I I love living in the coin store world. Just take all your change and go get 100 percent of it for Amazon. Just like I know yeah. I'm gonna spend it at some point. Someone said once that if you disconnect the network jack on a Coinstar machine, it will give you the full dollar amount. I've dollar heard that. amount. But then you got to go to the. You, you say Amazon, but it says, we can't generate it, but we're going to waive the counting fee. Because, I've heard that too. But we'll give you real money. But then you have to go talk to the cashier to get your money. And I always hate talking to people in any yeah. contacts at all. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I look at I'm Amazon 100% with you. Amazon credit's basically just cash at this point. Yeah, anyway. you can totally. Get anything. Like, yeah. Or buy everything. Yeah. Spend it on toilet paper if you want. I've heard you can also buy gift cards with that Amazon Cash if you really want to give make it a gift or something. But I'm not sure why you want to do that. But bought a graphics card last time I went to Coinstar. And my 980 came that's, out of Coinstar money. That's a lot of coins. Nice. That is a lot of coins. I save them up for a while. Yeah. They tend to hang around. That's a good trick at GameStop if you want to get your uh, money's worth because they give you, I think, more for uh, – they give you less cash if you want to do that. Right. But you can get trading credit that you can use for anything in the store, and they've got Amazon gift cards there, uh, and oh. you can buy those. Hmm. So that's that's what I did last time I traded a bunch of stuff in. Hmm. Yeah. All right, next email. David from the UK says, uh, I had a thought about the Game of the Year. Unless I'm mistaken, this will be the first year that the Beast Cast has been running during Game of the Year season. What's that? I don't know. Hmm. Let's read on. Maybe we'll figure it out. Typo. Uh, with that in mind, will you guys be getting them in with you guys for one massive Game of the Year discussion, or will the Beasts be doing their own thing for Game of the Year? Just curious, as the annual Game of the Year podcasts are some of my favorites each year, and thinking that I might be getting a double dose makes me super excited. 
Got bad news for you, buddy. No, they're, 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 those guys are coming over yeah. here. Yes, they will be coming out again. Um, yeah, the Giant Beast cast, if you're not listening to it, it is a, a podcast. It that, is. That we do out of the New York office. Uh-huh. Those guys well, are they on. do. They do. We yes. and the, the, the Royal I mean, We. Yes, this the collective sense. <laughs> I mean, not actually the Royal We. We also have Giant Bomb Presents, which is I, yeah. I only point out because there's been a lot of stuff on it yeah. lately. Yeah. Like uh, that interview we did with John Vignocchi went up yep. uh, where he talks about his views on the new Star Wars movie, having read the script. Really? Yeah. No shit. <laughs> High-ranking Disney employee talks about his opinion on the new yeah. tentpole Disney release. Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. Um, and uh, Aaron Greenberg. Yes. Uh, from Microsoft. Microsoft. He was on there. Stop by. Earlier this week, right? So, yes. Yeah. So uh, Austin, Austin's been putting out a fair amount of stuff on yeah, that feed, too. Yeah, uh, some from Paradox. Yes. Uh, some of their yes, stuff. He's doing some newsy interview type stuff. Yeah, so, you know, check that feed out. Yeah. It's uh, it's getting a little more use these days. Yes. Um, it's, I think it's on iTunes and where finer podcasts are located. <laughs> yes. uh, and on the site itself, of course, you can subscribe there. A lot yep. of people tweeting about Google Play adding support for Yeah, I just, uh, uh, I just went through the process of telling them that our RSS feed for this podcast exists. Good. Which I don't, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know when they're launching. I don't know what they're doing, but it's they're taking submissions of RSS feeds. They've so got our data now. I went through that process. A lot of people ask us about various like services yeah. and how come yeah. this service Too doesn't many. have this, and it's like we just don't know. Like we just we put out an RSS feed. And, yeah, you know if there's an easy submission <laughs> process that seems on the level and they're not like rehosting our files and fucking us over in the process and. All that sort of stuff. Like we're happy to submit it to whatever. It's we're, we're happy to do it, but in terms of customer support, we do not we know how every program yeah, works. We, we can't necessarily provide support for someone else's podcast app. We just don't know how they all work. Yeah. Um, Even if we did, like that would be a yeah enormous and, and, uphill battle. And to that end, don't ever look at the iTunes. Like, don't ever search the <laughs> iTunes store for our podcast God and then it. say, how come the new show isn't up yet? Because that, that thread has been stickied in the Bombcast forum for seven years now. Yeah, and someone wrote me just last week going, when's it going up on iTunes? We don't do that. We put out an RSS feed that updates the podcast immediately. And if you're subscribed to our feed through iTunes or any other such product, you will get that feed directly from us. The yep. feed will tell you when the new episode is. Like the second it goes up. If you go to the iTunes store and type in Giant Bombcast and then get whatever page comes up to find the latest show, you're getting some cached version of the feed that Apple updates whenever on whatever schedule it feels like updating and it'll not get the latest show in a timely fashion. Yeah. You have to go click the subscribe button to subscribe to this or any podcast to have it work the way podcasts are supposed to work. Yeah. Like and fave while you're at it. <laughs> sure. Yes. And since, share. since you're clicking buttons, yes. might as well. well. Since you're clicking buttons, go subscribe <laughs> to our YouTube channel. There are videos there. It's true. We have an Instagram now. We have an Instagram. Yeah, I guess is it just, Periscope? Is it giantbomb.com? I want one word. I think that's that the what Instagram account. Yeah, Giant Bomb. It should taken. be in the footer now, I think. I should, sure. should I, I feel bad know. for not having an Instagram account? That's okay. It, it's just, Do you like it's taking fluff. phone pictures, but having some percentage of the phone picture not be there because it's a square instead of a rectangle? Not. Then Instagram is no. for you. I rarely post. It's all right for just 
I mainly just follow a bunch of wrestler stuff, but uh, eh, it's nice for just looking at pictures. They don't allow nudity on it, so I have not seen mm. the, the reason to. I'll stick with Tumblr. Thank you. I subscribe to <laughs> Apparently, Snapchat is the big thing for brands these days. Like, brands right. are getting big on Snapchat. Well, to what are. end, I have no fucking yes. idea. Is there a 10-second want... thing? Like, you can only see it for 10 seconds or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. They want, they want to reach the coveted 18 to 34-year-old? Totally. So, brands are fucking... So, sorry, kids. Like, fucking bail out on Snapchat yep. because... Well, I'm sure they already have. The brands are coming. I promise that they're all into Beam. The kid, the kids are on whatever's after Beam at this point. Yeah, is WhatsApp still a thing after they got bought by Facebook for eight billion dollars or whatever? I don't know. Is that the one that only works at Applebee's? (laughs) It's for appetizers at Applebee's. There, there was one app that was a chat app that only worked if you were in within range of an Applebee's. I should probably get that. I had it installed for a while, and I went to an Applebee's and launched it, and then there was no one talking, and I said, "Well, this was a fun idea. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to get that next time I go to Applebee's." (laughs) Applebee's didn't make it either. It's not something. Wait, it's like some dude thought it would be really funny. That's even better. Third-party Applebee's app. Yeah. Uh, to just make a chat app that only worked fewer than Applebee's. Oh, man. And it got some coverage because it was such a dumb idea. And I was <laughs> like, that's the, that's the good old dumb yep. app idea that yep. you just don't yeah. see enough of uh, anymore. The internet is glorious and terrible. Yeah. I don't know, man. I signed up for Snapchat and no one, I, got, I got zero nudes. It, Snapchat's dumb. It's no good. Hmm. I haven't used that either. I had it for like two months. I'm old and out of touch. stupid. Somebody already got my name on Instagram, so I just said, fuck it. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, sorry, David, to rain on your parade, but yeah, those guys will be out here uh, in December. Yeah. We will collaborate as a site on, on Game of the Year stuff. Yep. As usual. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. fun to just get everybody in one place and yell at each other about video games for mm-hmm. a few days. I look forward to it. Uh, let's see. How about Daniel from Fort Collins, Colorado? <clears throat> hey bombers on the 13th you guys talked about the xbox one being originally positioned as the one-stop shop uh, and it looks like windows 10 kind of went out with the same ideals one os on every platform including phone tablet desktop and touchscreen. Uh, do you see a future push for microsoft to add the option to download the xbox os as an app for pc gamers allowing digital downloads or discs in the disk drive to be played cross-platform uh, now that they're testing more in this uh, in this area, especially with the long-term controller support on PC and now the pre-installed Xbox Live account app that comes with Windows 10, uh, it seems like that push could be coming uh, any day. As a diehard PC gamer, I don't envy the limited graphics and, and, and in many ways more expensive route of monthly subscriptions, peripheral purchases, and just overall less discounting of games on consoles. But it is uh, disheartening to watch so many games be announced at E3, PAX, etc. that end up being console exclusive. I have no idea who he's asking about. He's talking about streaming from Xbox One to your PC? No. Or vice versa? He's kind of a roundabout way of asking about Microsoft unifying all their gaming services and potentially letting you play Xbox One games on a PC. I, I mean, you kind of can now. Well, this, this like, still, I did that last night. You still need the Xbox. You should buy an Xbox. Oh, oh, you're saying just completely free yeah, of the yes, console. Yes. Oh, okay. So, I could see this happening. Yeah. We talked about this some the other day. Uh, yeah. We were walking down the street talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so if you think about kind of where things are headed for Microsoft and also kind of where things are headed for just, you know, where, where it looks like consoles are, are getting to these days, you know, think about things like um, Windows 10 will power the Xbox One. They're rolling that out. You know, it'll be a Windows 10 layer, basically. I didn't realize that. So I guess so yeah, I read this morning the old dashboard was based on Windows 8. Yeah. And the new one that's coming out. Oh, well, I didn't even think to mention that in, in news. That new dashboard got a date. So yeah. November 12th is yeah, when that's yeah. coming out. 
And that'll be that'll be built on Windows 10. Right. So that will bring the potential to write uh, universal apps that roll out on Windows 10, Xbox One, and Windows Phone. Uh, you'll want to make some UI differences because those are different experiences and stuff like that. But the code base is similar enough that you can do that work once. Uh, game developers would be able to take advantage of that to, to get you know a cross-play type situation going. Um, so you'll start to see kind of more integrated, and, and, and I mean integrated in like a real way, not in a Games for Windows Live funky way, f- for that stuff to kind of work together. And I'm excited about that because it means that like there's all oh, there are already people that have written Windows 8 apps that uh, hook into the Giant Bomb API for viewing videos, and this coming thing means that theoretically those people could update those apps and put them on an Xbox One without, I mean, it used to be you would have to pay tens of thousands of dollars to even publish it on an Xbox One. Never mind the development costs. Never mind the development costs. So, like, the app situation on the Xbox One has the potential to change in a big way fast. Um, And that's not necessarily big for games right out of the gate, but it sounds like some game developers will start to take advantage of some of those things. or, Or will have the ability to take advantage of some of those things then you start to look at kind of the larger world you start to look at where where we're at in terms of the competitive landscape um and kind of what microsoft's real mission is it's not necessarily to sell xboxes it is in the xbox division because that's where they're at right now but if you look at the way they've changed their tone in terms of uh, you know, the way that we refer to Sony, that stuff with Phil Spencer talking about, like, I don't know if we're going to catch up with Sony, but, you know, for us, it's about, you know, doing right by our customers. Well, at what point, if they're not selling that many Xbox Ones, at what point did this go, well, you know, actually, we're going to find a way to get our Xbox One software development and the software that our partners are developing into the hands of more people, a lot more people. By making it so that stuff can run easily on a PC. Yeah. Because <clears throat> what, what are the numbers they've quoted? I think they've got like 100 million Windows 10 installs yeah. already. Right. And, you know, not all of those machines are going to have the graphics capabilities to play an Xbox One game sure. at Xbox One stats, let alone some kind of higher spec, uh, higher resolution version of that sort of thing. And I don't know, man. You start to really kind of walk this out a handful of years and... You start to think like, well, you know, okay, everyone was really skeptical about the notion of consoles for this generation in terms of like, would people show up to buy these consoles or have they moved on to phones? Is the, or is, 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 the, is the money really on mobile? And people showed up. But as time goes on, I think it's even less certain that people would show up again, uh, particularly for an Xbox that isn't necessarily selling as well as Sony has been selling. Um, so if things go down that road, you have a Microsoft that has like made these huge investments into gaming. Gaming is huge, is a huge part of what they do on consoles and increasingly again on the PC, whether it's they're making it or just their OS happens to be the best place to play games. It doesn't matter. At some point that games team has to go like, well, all right, the Xbox one is, you know, either at the end of its lifespan or it's, it's not a viable competitor in, in the marketplace. It can't be our sole focus anymore. Pull the ripcord and they've got fucking uh, in a huge install base that Sony can't match that Nintendo wouldn't be able to match, uh, for, for those sorts of games. Um, 
what if the next uh, Xbox branded console was just a Windows PC? Like, I don't mean like in terms of parts. I mean, in terms of it's just a fucking PC. What if they do the steam machine thing the it right is, way? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a steam machine. It's a steam machine actually running the runs, OS that people are developing <laughs> right, games for. Right. Mm. And not shackled to Linux. Well, yeah. You get a, you get a pretty, I think a lot of their, their hardware partners now would be pretty freaked out by that. You think? Yeah. Well, but uh, they're are they're increasingly moving into their like they you know like they they made that big push with this most recent Surface announcement, right? Like they're making more and more of their own hardware. Yeah, like, it's not untrue, but I mean, when you're talking about desktop PCs, I think they still have so many different partners. Like, well, yeah, like Dell and and HP and everybody else who. Well, but if it was positioned as a gaming machine and not necessarily like the you know like Dell's not out there making Steam machines, but right? also Dell would benefit well, from like. An increased sure. gaming presence on all of Dell's machines. Yeah, I suppose. I, I don't know. think there's any legal uh, stuff that is is preventing them from doing anything like that. But uh, it's it's always interesting to see what the yeah. Are. I think it's a, it's a weird road to go down. But if you look at the, I mean, I think the alternative is like the console landscape dries up and the PC is the only thing left anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, PC and mobile. Sure. And PC just means it starts to mean different things to different people, depending, you know, you you play most of your games on a TV now. Could you have imagined that that would be the way you prefer to play PC games even five years nope. ago? Nope. I mean, everything got so much easier in terms of hooking up stuff. And I, I live in a much smaller place than I have in the past. Like, right. my computer's right next to my uh, TV. So it just makes sense. And uh, everything looks pretty but that that also speaks to like the kinds of games that are being made now and how they're being made. You yeah, know, I mean, they're like, suited for viewing on a TV, played with a controller. As an know? MGS like game before Ground Zero has ever come out on a PC, I I think maybe one or two got ported uh, over, but no, like it's this is obviously maybe the, the first one, right? Transparently, the best way to play that game. It looks great. It's yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's super, except for all the I'd, online. Yeah, so why not take advantage of that and actually say like, hey, you know, like the Xbox app on your PC is now also the place to access your digital purchases that you may have purchased on a console that we're not supporting oh, anymore. I would love to see whether they went with NVIDIA or AMD in right. that case, because that would be, I think AMD is in both the it PS4 is, yeah. and the, yeah. yep. and that's one of their things that they are probably saving them as a, I mean, if they were just straight up in the PC marketplace, like they're so far behind NVIDIA, totally. as far as my perception is what their sales are and everything like that. Uh, that'd be really interesting to see if what yeah, it seems like like AMD's business probably doesn't make it if the console manufacturers weren't there to pick up. Yeah, I was reading something about right. how AMD's been around for like twenty years and it, its total loss has been like eight billion dollars. Like it's never Jeez, made it has right. not made money over the course of its its lifespan. I'm always really curious how that yeah. company's installed. And around. you know, like the the Xbox One stuff is probably built. You know, the, they're building all that stuff to take advantage of AMD stuff. But like those sure. parts are those parts, and yeah. a lot of those games are already getting ported to PC. So the work, you know, maybe the workflow doesn't have to change that much to just say like, well, it supports the NVIDIA stuff, obviously, because yeah. we're we're working on a PC as well. Uh, and then, hey, you know, anyone can build a Windows machine. I gotta get my Tress FX for their TV, but but here's the one that we branded Xbox. I know. Uh, here's one. Here's the ones we branded as Xbox certified or something <laughs> like that. The, the console model to me just seems more and more precarious over time because, yeah, people showed up, but I feel like I have seen nothing but endless complaints about how weak these machines are compared yep. to even a modest PC. Yeah. And like, you know, people don't want to pay more than like 400 mate. And I well, no, people don't want to pay $500 because they didn't buy the Xbox. My, my PS4 like, experience has been pretty close to my PC experience. So uh, yeah. it's not, I wouldn't say even with the, the one I, I just built, it's, 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 it's fine. Yeah. But like the, the amount of horsepower you can pack into a console at a given price is just going to get less and less over time. You know, like the next time consoles come around, $400 is going to buy you even less than it did on this last generation, you know? 
Like, how much longer can that go before you just move to the obvious upgrade? You know? Yeah, I mean, you Which know, is, the thing I think one of the things that changed is that the hardware manufacturers became less able to lose a fuck ton of money on. Right. Nobody wants to sell a box at a loss anymore. Yeah, and that was the thing when we we had Aaron Greenberg in here talking about the end of the original Xbox's lifespan, and that you know part of that was like they were taking such a huge hit on selling the original xbox and hoping to make it up with games that was my favorite part of that interview he was talking about like you know it was like yeah when we decided to put a hard drive in that thing we decided to put an ethernet port like every one of those things adds cost to the machine you know yeah. that we've got to eat on the back end right uh <sighs> and then they took the hard drive away for the 360 what a dumb idea good lord i guess it saved money in the end but still i mean and that console ended up just running that generation yeah, you know, uh, like yeah, it was it was a hassle because early on it led to cases where games couldn't take full advantage of the storage space because they had to account for Xbox 360s that didn't have a hard drive at all. Did they actually eventually go to hard drives were considered a mandatory yeah. thing for games? There okay. were definitely games that said this requires a, a hard drive. Yeah, you can't play GTA Five on a 360. Yeah, without installing it. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, yeah. So I don't know. Like that's you know that's a lot of speculation and, and a lot of kind of just you know a potential outcome here. As we move through this generation and and all that sort of stuff, but you know, if you if you think about Microsoft, yeah, as a services company that is kind of getting into hardware where it feels it is appropriate to do so, at some point, they don't necessarily need to keep making the Xbox as a closed system, yeah, because uh, it it probably benefits them if those games can be purchased by the entire you know PC user base as sure. well, yeah. Like every indie developer I talk to says, like I've straight up had indie devs tell me, like if you're not selling the bulk of your copies on the PC, you were doing something wrong. I think the like thing that, that would is, change is, you know, like that. Then that becomes like, well, are you going to stop giving Valve your cut to then right. give it to Microsoft? Right? Can Microsoft build a store presence on their own OS yeah. that already, does what Steam they, can do? They definitely have not so far. Yeah. Well, they they're already trying that out. I think with the uh, Xbox Ten, like the, the the store stuff on there right. it seems like they're totally yeah, they're they're, that they're totally selling some games there. Um, but Steam is still the thing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the still... thing they did is like they built their game bar or their game launcher stuff in Windows yeah. 10 is like aware that Steam exists. Sure. So it pulls mm-hmm. those games in. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, you know, I don't think any of that stuff is set in stone. No. Uh, but you, you look at how this stuff is going, and, and I think it it makes more and more sense as time goes on for those things to unify in a way. Sure. And it would be, and if they pulled the trigger on that stuff, I mean, there's a lot of hurdles to get there. I'm sure, both technical and just like business. Uh, then that's an install base that Sony doesn't have, and Sony will probably never have. Sure, this generation. Well, they're just not in that market, right? They don't. They don't really have inroads there. But I just mean this, the PS4 in general on its own would oh. not be able to compete against. Oh, sure, in terms of numbers. Hey, in, in terms of numbers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, let's do a couple more here. Uh, will from DC. Uh, the Johnny V podcast reminded me that uh, reminded me of that Pirates of the Caribbean game that never got released, and it made me curious: what game or games can you recall from your career in covering the industry that you most wish had been released or uh, that showed the most promise? Hmm. Uh, just I just ended up on uh, what's that site Lost Levels yesterday, oh, looking yeah, at yeah. a bunch of old unreleased games like that weird. Mike Tyson's space punch out thing. Yeah. That thing came out just in yeah, different but not just didn't have right. the, the, the Tyson license. Right. That, that old police academy uh, game. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Um, I think the original Resident Evil 2 would have been interesting. They're like 1.5 that people call it now. They're like, mm. would it have been interesting in its day 
Or what it is it only interesting now is like a as this lost there is there is yeah, there is yeah. no way that that game could possibly match what actually came out as a Resident Evil two. That's I mean, true. People fucking loved Resident Evil two. Man. It was great. Yeah, yeah. And it, but it, it also it just built so much on the first game. It did so much more. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, hmm. uh, I, I'm trying to remember the name of uh, what was that irrational game that never came out. Was it the suffering? No, uh, the lost. The lost. Yeah, I don't know. They sold the assets to someone else. It did actually ended up coming out in like somewhere in yeah, Asia, right? Right, or something. I don't know. Like I've, Ken Levine has gone on record about it in recent years and said it was garbage or something like yeah, that, or like yeah. that it didn't come together. That was. Uh, I, th- I want to say that was around the height of my like System Shock Two fandom, and I was ah. just like, I wanted any anything that developer did, I wanted to play at that time. But right. like, at this point, I who cares? I I just thought of mine. The Metallica car combat game. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That sounded awesome. Who was making that? Um, I it was like it was one of those things that the announcement came out of like Metallica, so not like an <laughs> yeah. actual. Yeah. I want to say this is like early two thousands, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Something like that. I was like, I like Metallica. I like car combat a lot. Like a Revolution X situation, but uh, yeah, it never came out. Uh, it was a, supposed to be a PS2 game, Metallica, Damage, Inc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vivendi would have oh, published yeah. it. Okay. This all lines up. And there's some concept art uh, out there, it looks like. That and Dirty Harry. I was curious to play that, but that I never I would have happened. been interested in seeing someone actually make a Heat game when it looked like oh. Gearbox was going to do that. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Now that you mention it. Yeah. Um, I, don't know that, I don't know that it's actually possible to make a good Heat game. Yeah, I mean, you know, they stepped away from it. Payday, Payday is trying to be that. GTA Five did plenty of that. Yeah, sure. yeah. The the GTA Five heists are good. They're good. Yeah, but if it, if if you boiled it down to just that, yeah, like, eh, I don't know that it would work. I think and they worked really well. Telling the events of Heat, the movie, in a game yeah. form would not work either. They worked really well in the larger context of GTA Five. Yes. Instead of playing a Heat video game, you know what? What you could just watch Heat. It's yeah, good. Totally. That would work too. Uh, that Pirates of the Caribbean game looked yeah, really that's, interesting. That's a good answer uh, to that question. Like that I, thing sounded really cool. I played it. It, it oh, yeah? seemed to play well. Mm-hmm. It was a, you know, had kind of a hacky slashy combat thing when you're on foot and you straight up get into a boat and go places and you know, I mean the Assassin's Creed Black Flag yeah, kind of yeah, capitalizes 4. on a lot of that stuff. That was I, I'm not going to say a good proof concept, but there were parts of that that seemed like that was going in the right direction. Yeah. You know? Like, like you would want more of an open ocean, though, right? Like, like if there were more islands to go to. And yeah, you want of, an open world. Yeah. Which, which you know, Assassin's Creed certainly had that as well. well some, to some extent, but, but you were still tied to the cities. That's where most of the dirt was really being done. Sure, sure. Uh, like a game that fully just focused on being a pirate sailing around. Like yeah, a, that pirates game seemed almost like I don't know, like a fable right. type game, yeah. but pirates. That sounds cool. I am really curious to see what that rare game is. Oh, uh, Sea of Thieves? Yeah. 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 And if that has some of that stuff in it, we shall see. Uh, Matt, just Matt, writes in, when should a song credit a featured artist as a parenthetical in the song's title, and when should it be part of the artist's listing? Uh, Rihanna's hit umbrella is, in parentheses, featuring Jay-Z, but I'll be missing you by Puff Daddy is by, is by Puff Daddy featuring Faith Evans and One Twelve. Meanwhile, Under Pressure is by Queen and David Bowie with neither featured. My ID threes are a shambles. Help! I think you have to like figure out like what album it yeah. got released on. Well, Under Pressure was co-written by Freddie Mercury and David Bowie over the course of like a long 
night. So I think it was mm. very fair, very fair to call it a collaboration rather the than night. featuring. Featuring um, is a, is is more of just a, a we brought a you in thing. We brought you in to do a verse. Yeah, drop your hot sixteen and then right. bounce. Right. Um, that is a fucking Amazon Music drives me off the wall because there's no artist album way to sort. It's only artist. So I have like if I listen oh, to Elephant yeah. as like Elephant featuring uh, you know Diplo or whatever. There's like 18 different song uh, artists for that one album. Uh, and it happens like every time I do anything with any, any kind of strong, you know, yeah. collaboration, collaboration thing. So if you don't have the, the fucking Amazon music, they, I buy these MP3s from them and they can't fucking sort them right. You should probably import those into iTunes because iTunes can handle I, that I, just I, fine. I haven't even installed <laughs> iTunes yet. I'm so happy to be, I need to find a really good, uh, MP3 sorter at some point. Cause I have so many duplicates and, and weird shit that go like that around, but iTunes I, has a show duplicates view. You might want to try that out. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I not, mean, it's, not, it's not great. It's not <laughs> it great. doesn't. Yeah. It's not great. A few things about iTunes are great. <clears throat> I don't know. But I think it's more when the, somebody comes in at the, to collaborate. I, I don't know. You're probably better at answering this question than I am. Hip-hop. Yeah. Hip-hop. Feet. Yeah. yeah. Feet. Yes. Not FT, period. Oh. Spelled out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spelled out to four letters. There you go. <laughs> and then put the, the dot. I, yeah, just, I don't know. For sorting purposes, I think it's way easier just to yeah uh, have the album title be what it is and the featured artist's part of the track title name. Yes, I fully agree with you. But I then tend to I, I run... I fucking hate albums where there are a bunch of different artist names in the artist field for different songs. Yeah, yes, like, terrible, that's a terrible. nightmare. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I end up um, using Music Brains uh, for mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff. They're, it's a tagger. That yeah. They have a huge open database of all their music and stuff like that. Because I ripped a lot of CDs over the years yes. in my collection. And like music Brains kind of succeeded uh, CDDB, right? Yeah. Because that got bought. Similar. Yeah. It's, it's, yes. Grace Note Grace is now Note CDDB. There's CD, FreeDB, yeah. uh, okay. which is the kind of open source aftermath of CDDB. Yes. Um, and then there's Music Brains. Uh, and then Music Brains is building a, a Last.fm really? style oh. competitor for Weird. scrobbling. Uh, because the scrobbling plugins for actually I, what is a it? fine CBS product, but the uh, Last <laughs> FM iTunes scrobbler has not worked for um, the 64-bit version of iTunes for a very long time. What is a scrobbler? What is scrobbling? It's when you uh, you have a plugin running in iTunes or some other you know, WinAmp versions, a FUBAR version, whatever. Uh, it basically reports to a server what songs you're listening to, and then you can get fun data about the songs you ah. listen to the most. Wait, yeah. so it's like pop-up video? No, no, no. It's it just like, tells you, like, data are we talking? Here's your you favorite go to a artist. website, and then it'll tell you, you listened to this song oh, nine oh, oh, times. So like, stats. Yes. Yeah, stats. The metrics. Yes. Okay. You can say, okay. like, last six months, who have I listened yeah. to the most, what tracks have I listened to the gotcha. most. Gotcha. It's cool. I thought, I thought you it's meant, like, factoids were coming down the line. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> that I listen be, to so somebody should make a pop-up video Plex plug in, though. Plex, Plex will... Has bios and stuff for all your artists when you click into right. them on your Plex library. Uh, I listen to so much more music on my phone now that that kind of stuff wouldn't really work. To, unless there's yeah. scrabblers for your phone, I'm sure there, there is. are. There's a Last FM client for phones that will access the music on your phone, yeah. at least on iPhone. I don't know about your yeah. Android thing, but <laughs> thing. Try it out. that would work. Piece of filth. Uh, all right. Last email comes in from Anonymous. Oh, no. That's fine. It's for you, actually. Okay. Mostly for you. I'm writing in regards to your brief mention of Rick and Morty, which Mr. Rory is a big fan of. Mm-hmm. I worked on Rick and Morty, and I have some trivia I thought Matt would appreciate. Okay. Uh, Justin Royland, series creator and voice of Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. is an avid video gamer. Our line- I remember the Nintendo thing. Yeah. I don't know what that is. 
Our line producer also had to put a soft ban on the use of the office arcade cabinet after a heated high score competition broke out between the writing staff and the production staff over the game Kicks. Nice. Uh, In the season one episode, Close Rick Counters of the Rick Kind, Justin insisted that the Citadel for the Council of Ricks be based upon the Citadel for Mass Effect. Uh, Justin even went as far as to buy a PS3 and copy of Mass Effect trilogy for The Office. He then made one of our PAs play the game until he got to the Citadel and then handed the controller off to the concept and background artists so they could walk around and take photos and notes for reference. Feels like Google image search might have been a little easier. That might have worked too. Uh, Also want, ah, you know, you want to explore the space a little bit. Sure, sure. Uh, also wanted to let Dan know that the amount of burps in the show goes down dramatically after the pilot, as Justin was made aware that a lot of the people were incredibly annoyed by the sound. P.S. Uh, though I personally was not a fan of the burps, Justin's level of craft in producing his burp takes was inspiring. After recording an episode, he would go into the booth with a bottle of Newcastle and redo every line with an integrated burp to give the editor some options. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know how uh, he pulled that off. He, he also would do a string of wild burps that could be inserted anywhere. After season one, we had a veritable burp library. He still burps a bit. I watched the yeah. first three episodes, yeah. and he's still burping. Yeah, he burps. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. I like it. It's I like that show a lot. It's just part of this. Yeah. He's an alcoholic. He's so, always drinking. Who, the character? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a sociopath. He's, he's oh, crazy. That's, well, that's, that's pleasant. No, it's a, yeah, I like the show a lot. Did I, did I see that some like serious shit went down at the end of the last season? Didn't, didn't the last season just conclude? Or am I mixing yeah, it up I with mean, another? It's I, another cliffhanger kind of thing. They, every, Mr. Poopa Butthole I hate says to, that we're going to be back in a year to a year and a half. So I hate to admit that nearly every animated show geared at adults just all runs together in my mind. It has a character called okay. Mr. Poopa Butthole. It's, Come on board. Come okay. on board anytime. Okay. All right. Is this, is this the one that Dan Harmon also works yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Created by is the the co their co-creditors, uh, co-credited with creation, but I'm sure it's mostly Justin Rowland's thing. Got it. All right. Well, there's your Rick and Morty minute. I will be, be dressing like up like that on Friday, maybe. Yeah? Definitely from Saturday. Okay. We're going out to, uh, we're going to a Grimes concert on Saturday. Okay. Me and my uh, girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's like, dress up for Halloween? Yeah. And then, because it's like a big, heavy white coat and a, a wig and shit like that. So I'll get hot. I get hot immediately when I walk into the Fillmore. Yeah. And I'll just be walking in like, ah, cool costume. Like, fuck, put it in your purse. Honey. I bet. Purse. I bet you will. You'll be in the minority if you don't dress up. Yeah. Grimes seems like the kind yeah. of show that people yes. would, would be probably wearing less clothes than usual. There will be a lot of costumery like there for sure. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Okay. That's it for emails. I had some other ones, but I didn't read them. <laughs> fuck oh, you. man. <laughs> Boom. Keep those for myself. Yeah, private emails. <laughs> private, Brad Shoemaker's private stock. Light some candles it's tonight. Be an, yep. The all email <laughs> podcast that you're starting. Classic reserve. Yeah. Barrel oak oak barrel aged. XO. Light, light some candles tonight. Turn down the lights and read them softly. Yeah. VSOP. Brad Shoemaker, fifteen. Yep. These emails are guaranteed to be at least fifteen <laughs> days old. That's for sure. Man, I tried to pull some emails from a year ago on your suggestion. Yeah. Email classics. This, this week's <laughs> that would be a good dumb <laughs> fucking, idea. Fucking email rewind. This week's like emails, emails that we didn't take. Yeah. Hopefully, I yeah, mean, so. or to take them again and answer them again in a totally different way. Weirdly enough, there were a ton of unread emails from this time last year. Uh, this week's emails were a little bit dry, so I was trying to find some fodder, but uh, hard to go back because they're all about either stuff that was coming out then or stuff we were talking about then. So. That's what I think makes Maybe it that funny. Makes it even better. We should totally do that. All right. It's a stupid idea. <laughs> email, e- retro email rewind. Yeah. 
Send your old emails in. I don't think that works. <laughs> yeah. That's not if, how it works. If you've ever sent an email that didn't get... Well, no, actually, no. <laughs> don't, don't do that, actually. Do not resend your unread emails. That would be a nightmare. Uh, anyway, that's it. Bombcast at GiantBomb.com. That's it for this podcast. It's Tuesday is almost over. I got to fucking edit and post this thing, huh? Yep. Get out of here. The, it looks like the archive of the uh, the this morning's Paris stream. Is yes. Up. If you want to see that Paris stuff and hear us gammer over it. Yeah. You have that option. Site and... And yeah, like again, we do those other podcast feeds. We've been yeah. we've been putting up some stuff in that presents feed. Uh, Eastcast and, presents all that stuff. Yeah, check it out. It's like hours of audio content going up every week. Here. Totally, it's uh, fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, who would do this? I'd, I've got me crazy people. Uh, producers are still out for the rest of the week. Yeah, man, it'll be another adventure. Yeah, we'll do getting some, content on the site. We'll do some more quick looks. We did that Halo quick look. Yes. That seemed to go mostly okay. Is that up? Yeah. Okay. That that. I haven't seen any complaints there. Yeah. The only thing I can't figure out is muting the music while the bumper plays yeah. and then very quickly unmuting the music. But that's because I'm not in there where the mixer is. So the buttons are on an iPad, which is less responsive. So actually getting that kind of bang, 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 like in the right timing. Is that yeah. what they're doing every time? Yeah. They're like actually yeah. manually yes. turning the yeah. game sound on. Yeah. Man. You fade it up as the bumper is like fading in. That's yeah. intense. But the sliders are on an iPad screen and I always... I would fuck it up. So. I kind of like it when the music is just going. Makes you feel like stuff's happening. Yeah. It's like, we were already here. We were here before you got here. That's why I've like, been leaving we, we, like little bits of us talking right before right. the show starts yeah, right. in some of the show archives. It makes you feel like, ah, you know, say these guys warmed up the game for you. It's already happening over here. It's already for you. It's ready for you to sit down. Out of our goddamn minds. You got to yeah. fade it out in the middle of a sentence. Make it sound like we're jamming all night. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then we'll, I guess we'll do another UPF this week. That was fun last week. Yeah. <laughs> just quick look the TriCaster for two hours. <laughs> There are more transitions in there somewhere. Oh, my God. I am convinced from the interface, from the way you can load new transitions into that thing, I'm convinced there must be a repository out there somewhere. Yeah, but you of, probably have to, you have to pay for a lot of those. Maybe there's some free ones somewhere. But, I, you but know, I'm sure I think, I'm, there, people definitely sell packs of TriCaster transitions. I, I think that is a justifiable business expense. It would correct it, me if I'm wrong. One of those things that would probably be like seven hundred dollars a piece or something. It's like they're selling them to people that have TriCasters, oh, sure. so they know they have money, yeah. and they're probably doing it for television. So it's selling a royalty-free situation. Selling them to local TV right. stations yeah. and stuff. Here's this thing that says replay, man, for your fucking high school sports replays. We, sh- we should still go find that. Yeah, we should. The stuff has to be out there. Yeah. All right, we're going to go do that. I'm going to go edit this podcast. We're all going to get out of the studio. Thanks for listening. Come back next week for another edition of the Giant Bombcast.